spread a console, the golden disc. Maximals came after them, and they crashed both their ships. Landed on the earth with two moons. They fought in the beast wars. I mean, what else were they gonna do? War and beast. War and beast. We talk about things like energon and protoforms and sparks. War and beast. War and beast. How the Maximals have no end game and Megatron's not smart. War and beast. War and beast. War and beast. Welcome to the War and Beast podcast, the podcast that doesn't need silly explosions to celebrate the season finale. I'm Greg. I'm Emily. I'm Jordan. And I'm Kendall. For a second, I thought we lost Kendall there. <laughs> I was trying to decide if I was going to make a joke, and then I couldn't think of a joke, so, uh, you know. Uh, I thought, I thought, I thought you might have was been... the joke. Wah, wah. It's all about timing. Rowan Atkinson did. Anyway, we're getting off topic. <laughs> we got a lot to talk about. This is the season finale for season one. Yeah. We're, we're officially halfway through the series. Pretty crazy. It is. Pretty exciting and crazy. This is quite the episode. They managed to pack quite a bit into it. Well, fortunately, yeah. fortunately, Netflix did decide to bring uh, Beast Wars back, just like future <laughs> Kendall predicted in my Teenagers with Attitude fan fiction. Um, mm. uh, Wait, it did? Well, <laughs> we're still not totally 100% sure on that one. There's a rumor. There was a, a website that uh, Jordan had posted on the weekend. Uh saying that Netflix was getting the Beast Wars series, but something that comes to mind is that with the Transformers property, Hasbro already has uh, the hub, so no, I'm not sure. It's, they actually gave that up. It's Did Discovery they? Family. They're not the uh, complete owner. Like They still have properties on there, but they're not the owners anymore. That's why it's uh, Discovery Family now. Like they're not, they're, not, they're not exactly the head ownership of it. Mm. I remember the hub. Okay. It was like I think Transformers Animated was on the hub, but it might have been yeah. just like a channel thing. I don't remember. Transformers Prime was also on it, and yeah. I think they, I think which they I've ran- started watching. By the way, Prime, I've been watching yeah. on Netflix last yeah. couple of days. And the new uh, Transformers Robots in Disguise is, I think, on there. I think so. I know it's and on Teletoon up here in Canada. Family, I guess. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Well, I so, mean, yeah. I mean, I think it's. I think that entertainorama dot com is a pretty <laughs> yeah. is a pretty reliable the source. source for all your entertainment news. I've never heard of that site in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I literally was trying to find uh, information about the person who wrote that article and the site itself. Basically, in in regards to like what other people have said about the site in general, to kind of just gauge like what kind of site it is and. Mm-hmm. I'm, wasn't really finding much of anything well i mean That's they, they do this this like high-end journalism uh ar- articles <laughs> like 15 actor- actors rumored for star wars colon the old republic uh 12 cast <laughs> if the star trek the next generation were cast at present 
10 actors rumored for <laughs> the much-anticipated Obi-Wan Kenobi spinoff movie, and 16 movies DC has planned for their cinematic universe. They like to have numbers in their title. They like to have a lot of clickbait in their links. Yeah, yeah. sounds like it. Yeah. Some of that English wasn't good for some of those, too. <laughs> yeah. Reminds me of the, the, the famous article, Does Bruno Mars is Gay? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. You know, uh, it, but there is some there is some news that we that we will be touching on. I'm not sure if you want to touch on it now or if we should touch on it at the end of the episode. But so, uh, so just maybe, just uh, just yeah. for the for the so just just because I feel like I feel like talking more about this. Uh, they did say that Jason Aaron is going to be writing it, which would be pretty cool. Yeah, that was a real thing. And I, you know what? If it's clickbait, uh, I got baited into. Actually, I didn't because uh, I don't because the article <laughs> was eleven Predacons and Maximals are coming back with Transformers: Colon Beast Wars Netflix series, which was really dumb because like another number in the I title. I don't care by the way. about yeah. First of all, mm. another number. I don't care about which characters are going to be in it. Like I just. The fact that you said there's going well, to be a Beast Wars Netflix series, I wanted you know, and he included the the fact that Jason Aaron's going to be writing it in the in the first page, so he only got one click from me actually. Although I guess I have visited the the home website like four times in the last couple of days. Uh, well, I actually I actually clicked through who they said were going to be there, and I found out. Well, for one thing, I found out that there was no Dinobot in the, in the list. Yeah. So I'm just so I'm. Kind of against it already. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Considering Dinobot's the only member of the cast so far that's been inducted into the Transformers Hall of Fame, that's a pretty uh, big strike. Uh, uh, Primal Wasp and Matron. Oh wait, that's right. Wasp and yeah, like the, in there now too. Years later, they they've added. Yeah, and, and the Dinobot was the was the only eventually. one in the first class. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's still pretty big accomplishment. Yeah. yeah. And then Magmatron is also there, which I. Pretty sure he was in one of the comics that was it IDW that did it or was it uh, no it wasn't Dreamweave I don't think they had the property then when uh, when the, they tried to do some Beast Wars comics mm. I have, now I have Dreamweaver stuck in my head so that's good <laughs> Dreamweaver I believe I can get you through the night <laughs> but yeah like 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 you were saying Greg there's a little bit of news that we can talk to and I think that might have coincide with why this rumor is up in the in the first place yeah i think so too. so so when we get to i guess after reader questions when we get to it we can we can talk about it more then yeah we've, so we've done some, we've done some show. yeah we'll, we'll do it at the end that way everybody has to listen exactly because <laughs> that's how podcasts work you can't skip to the end you have to <laughs> we don't want to we don't want to be like teenagers of attitude and have what their news at the beginning yeah, we're, we're changing shit up. We're the rebels. <laughs> we are the rebels. Oh, we are the rebels of audio entropy. <laughs> That's probably the only time I'll ever be able to say that. <laughs> really, the, the rebels of audio entropy are any audio entropy show that isn't a rewatch podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Which yeah. is- so yes, we are on the season finale of season one, episode twenty-six, "Other Voices," part two. And do we have any trivia from IMDb this uh, time? Yeah, there's two little pieces of trivia. I didn't read okay. this first one yet. Let's see. In the scene where he's working on the stasis pod, Tarantulas is curiously voiced by Scott, Scott McNeil doing the best impression I he can thought, instead of I the voice actor Alec Willows. After the scene, he talks in his normal voice. 
I didn't catch that. That's interesting. I did Neither catch did that. I. I noticed the voice sounded different. I'm like, is that Scott McNeil trying to do tarantulas? Yeah. <laughs> like the wiki even says like a couple of like one line and a couple of other like screams and laugh are just I guess they recorded pre recorded it are us- are Alec Willows, but the rest of the time it was Scott McNeil doing that impression doing his <laughs> Willow impression. <laughs> he didn't have that many lines, so Yeah. Uh, and then the other uh, the other piece of trivia during the final shots of the episode, if you freeze frame the image at a certain point, you can catch the severed head of Optimus Prime yes. flying across space among other space debris with a horrified expression on his face. Which is weird because I couldn't see him. I couldn't see I that. Did. I like specifically. It was freaky. That doesn't. That's really weird too, knowing what I know about the series. <laughs> what that Optimus dies and never comes back. I don't sure. know who that character that looks like Optimus on the cover of the of the next DVD set is, but it's definitely not Optimus because he's like got metal on him or something. I can't remember what the <laughs> cover looks like. You mean, you, are we talking about Primal or Prime? It sounded like we were talking about Prime, I, and I thought I'm confused now. I, Anywho, <laughs> I'm gonna try and get a screen capture of this for this episode now because I'm looking through it right now. I'm like, where's the head? Where's the head? There's the chest piece. Where's the head? So is it primals oh. or primes? I'm confused. Primals. Yeah. Primals. Okay. Oh damn it! That makes it more goes sense. Goes by then. really fast. I thought you said primes, and I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. If I was supposed <laughs> to be an Easter. I thing. yeah meant for. <laughs> oh, it doesn't make it doesn't make any sense. So primal is permanently dead. Okay. Oh, I got it. Holy shit! <laughs> I froze it right on his face when it zoomed in. <laughs> Maybe that'll be the episode uh, art. Yeah, I think that'll have to be the episode art. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I didn't say anything, Ken, so you'll have to just see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, I, I'd seen the chest plate and then the head, and I was like, wait a minute, is that his head? And I was like, I went back right before we came, right before I came online, I was like, oh my god, it is his head, I didn't see that when I was a kid. Just so I didn't weird. notice it this time either, so. I was even specifically looking for it and I couldn't see it, so, I don't know, I guess I must not be paying much attention. <laughs> You just rolled that once in perception, dude. I got new contacts today, and I was trying to see bits, and I couldn't see it. Perception is my dump stat. (laughs) (laughs) Which is the worst one to make your dump. (laughs) Perception is, like, the most important skill, I would say. Well, it's Uh, it's also I'm just thinking of White White Wolf storytelling games, where it was perception and awareness usually rolled together as a pool. And we always just just called it Percep-Aware. Percep-Aware. And then in um in seven C it's called notice. Yeah, just saying. I, and oh, speaking of seven C, we had a thing where like basically, uh, if you just wanted to remember something, you're just like, can I make a knowledge wits roll? You mean just roll your wits? Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. I think I don't know. I think you could have perception as a dump stat depending on your role in the party because like I felt like we had, we had one person in our in my long running game uh, that I played in. I had pretty good perception, but we had somebody else who had, like, insanely good perception, so it seemed really unnecessary. And also, I was, like, a squishy person, so it wasn't like I was usually out on my own taking the lead. Uh, so, like, if it was just, like, a passive or, like, a like an active, but everybody's making a perception check check, then I, I it you know, it was just the guy that... You know the guy that uh, that had the high thing, perception is a little in the. The thing matter. is, though, that the guy who rolled high percep- who has a high perception check, can roll a one. So it's 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 always good to have like everyone of a team having a, a decent perception. 
Like, maybe not the best, but, like, a decent. <laughs> Anyways, everybody, I've, I've linked the, the screen chat. <laughs> I saw that, yeah. So, one party I played in basically had a character that was being an alien in disguise, and they were basically the size of, a, like, a gnat, and they were always flying around, but they projected a static uh, hog, like, you know, like, full 3D hologram of Bob from the Enzyme commercials. <laughs> like with the smile and everything, and so he would call, like a hard like, light hologram, or no, no, not even hard light. And you're just like every once in a while he would do something like walk through a wall or like walk around a t- through a table or something like that. And, <laughs> and our GM made us roll a uh, was it wisdom or intelligence roll, basically just a straight uh, check, and no one ever made it. Like basically every time we made the roll. He would look at it. Would walk through a table and everyone would be like, you notice that. And basically, would tell us, you think something's up with that Reet fellow. That was it. (laughs) That's really funny. Okay. All right. So, what happens in this episode? Or, no, TF Wiki. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Can't talk about Dungeons and Dragons (laughs) stories. That is the worst radio. (laughs) Um, Yeah, we'll make a podcast about that. <laughs> it does make some mention some continuity errors again. Uh, basically, let's see. It basically like how um, like which which of the uh, elevators actually got broken, like from the previous episode yes. to this episode, kind of switch around the yeah. sudden appearance of the web of the energon webbing that was there when Air Razor got off, but not when <laughs> when Rat Trap was scurrying all along the floor. Mm. Um. And it just it just mentions this, which I, I, I guess is something of a continuity error about how Air Rays are volunteers as a flyer to basically fly the pod as well. And then it's never brought up again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the yeah. final one is this uh, at the time, like when in the ship, they say he tells Raptrap for a 30 nanoclick timer. But when he's arming it, it's a 60 nanoclick countdown. So either at some point. You know, they thought that was wrong, or they just forgot that they said thirty first. Um, the person yeah. who was saying the time just wanted the person to hurry, so they told them a smaller time. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a trans, there's a Transformers reference. Uh, basically, when uh, <laughs> Megatron mentions you, Optimuses do enjoy sacrificing yourselves, which <laughs> is kind of awesome, true because the original Optimus Prime has many, many deaths. Yes. Yeah. That's great. And apparently uh, Tigertron's uh, quote, the light at the end of the world uh, is also the title of a uh, album by a, ah. a Flock of Seagulls album in fact. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought that sounded dumb. <laughs> so just like just general tri- trivia, it uh, has quite a few things um, like how uh, like at when they first started writing up the episode at the script stage, they said that uh, the episode had the subtitle Termination Day, which I think previously we mentioned how they basically dis- that they were deciding like how they ended each season was just some big event and then let the <laughs> let Hasbro pick who who was going to going to be around for the next <laughs> next one. So uh, also I think uh, this isn't on the wiki, but I re- I think I remember hearing somewhere where like. Almost every uh, season ended. They they were kind of always left in the dark whether they were going to get another season. I wondered about that. I mean, I've heard like rumors and talk about it, and I but I'm not 
really seen it exactly here. Man, imagine if this was the end of the series. Yeah. Oh, I uh, hate cliffhangers like that. Cliffhangers? What do you mean? Optimus <laughs> died. Everybody else survived. It's still a cliffhanger because it's like that's like what's going to happen next, and then you have to wait a whole season. Yeah, the episode like, literally has the end with a question mark at the end. Yeah, that's a cliffhanger. I mean, like it's still because like because like like everything's been shooken up. Like even if it's not like it's not yeah, the, like uh, the prototypical cliffhanger of like did this that happened or in it. It's like shit just went down. Really bad stuff happened. What's going to happen next? And then you have to wait like a whole summer to like see what happens next. Which yeah, is pretty I guess ballsy I guess, I guess on the on a, terms yeah, of the yeah. yeah I, I see what you're saying. I yeah. I mean that's yeah. You're probably right, but. It's not a. I actually feel like this is the the right kind of cliffhanger. This is the I'm excited for what happens next type oh, yeah, cliffhanger, it's a rather than well the, I'm really mad. Like if <laughs> if uh, if he was if they had cut off like when he was mo- when he was going towards the ship and and like suddenly something didn't work or if, or if it had ended like when when he couldn't eject but we didn't see how it how it ended that would have been a frustrating cliffhanger. Yeah. Or like say if like Megatron was was going to kill one of the cast, one of the Maximals and you had been building to this the whole season. And then, and, and we knew from the, from the beast Wars comic that he was going to probably kill Glenn. Uh, but, but we didn't know for sure. And we just, we were, and, it, and the season wasn't very good and it was the whole season was built up. And then instead of showing it, they decided to, uh, have that be the cliffhanger. Uh, that would have really made me mad. Could you imagine if we had had a scene, Somewhere over the course of the beginning of the series, where Cheetor had dream had hit one of his precognitive dreams, where he saw this happen. Oh, that would have been good. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if they if they have they had that planned out by then, but um, like yeah, like the, how yeah, much the, of like how big would, of a cliffhanger this is? It's it's actually like really like brave of them, I think, to do that. Yeah. To like like and, and I think I don't remember if this is true. But I, I, I remember hearing about how the show wasn't like they weren't sure if they'd get picked up every next season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. they still decided to end it like this. That this is poss- This could have been the end of Beast Wars. Like, this could have been the last episode, and they would have been okay with that. I think that's pretty big of them. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I feel like I just felt I felt like it was an ending though. Like I mean I I just I know you. It sort of is a cliffhanger, but and it's and it's a. But I felt like it was an ending. Like it wasn't. I kind of we're talking about the ending now, even though like we haven't even gotten to the episode yet. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I we didn't say what it was yet, did we? So. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oops. Oh yeah, we got that one listener that doesn't watch the show. So. <laughs> no, it just seems like more natural to have a discussion at the end of the episode after yeah, we talk about yeah, well, the you ending. Know, it naturally I don't came up. Spoilers. So, you know. <laughs> Uh, so, no, we can start at the beginning. Starts with the last well, time on Beast Wars. Some stuff happened. <laughs> well, I was going to say there is at least one more interesting trivia bit. Uh, well, there's two more, but there's one interesting, and the other was just mentioning that this kind of has very uh, similarities, and it makes sense, uh, to Web World w- Wars, which was the season two finale of Reboot. You know, both oh, being, bo- yeah. both, both uh CG cartoons being made by by the company, so you by know that. Frame, yeah, yeah. There's there's probably reasons why, um, but the other one is is just as the pod enters enters the uh, at the very end, you mm-hmm. can actually hear the sound of Optimus arm cannon firing and glass shattering, and it, it appears he attempted to blast his way out, 
but was too late to actually escape. I was sitting there, I was like, why aren't you doing that right now? (laughs) When Megatron's sitting there laughing at him. Well, you know, no no use fire stick uh, in space canoe cause explosive decompression. (laughs) (laughs) I do not get the reference. It was a Futurama reference. Oh, okay. Well, the thing also I think... just like it's a thing you shouldn't do in space. <laughs> well, <laughs> the thing that crossed my mind with it, if he had done it before he was sure that it was going to explode, if he had shot out like the front of the pod, it might have altered the trajectory. I think it might have might run have... the risk of, of like messing up the entire plan. Yeah, like damaging something on the pod that would not keep it on the course it was on. But anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. (laughs) But yes, so there's our facts for the episode. Uh, As Kendall alluded to earlier, we did get a little 30-second blurb about what happened last episode. Sort of like what we did the last episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, it just ran through some of the the more important points of, of the previous episode, which if you're listening you can and if you haven't listened to last week's episode stop what you're doing and go listen to last week's episode <laughs> before you listen to this episode unless you want to get spoiled our episodes more are so than you have already so you may as well start at the beginning yeah so we we get our little 30 seconds of what happened in the last episode and then from there we immediately pretty much pick up from where we left off we've got the the energy beam from the alien structure that is shooting into the gas, not a real moon. Uh, and it's causing it to wah, wah, transform. And uh, it's sort of, we, we got the camera panning around uh, sort of like a very long, wide pan. And then the camera's slowly moving towards the energy beam. And just as it enters the energy beam, we then cut back to Earth. And we've got Tigatron and Cheetor both looking at uh, this beam. And Cheetor, I don't know why all of a sudden Cheetor is like talking like one of the Looney Tunes because he's like suffering circuits. Because <laughs> he's always <laughs> trying out his slang. Yeah. He's like, what just could like, it he just be? Likes to, he just likes to throw stuff at a wall and see what sticks. <laughs> yeah, apparently. But he's like, what could it be? And then we get Tigatron who's like, the light at the end of the world. And just as he says that, we then get Optimus who's calling over the radio to them and they respond asking or ordering them to head back to base and to head there fast because it's a code X. I'm trying to remember. Didn't we have a code X once? Oh yes, we did. We had code X. Um, we had code X back. Uh, if you remember oh, code X, like in the uh, metal no, Gear no. solid, but a code <laughs> X, but a code X. Codex, um, like Felicia Day's character in the guild. <laughs> the... Anyway, we had a codex once before uh, in the episode where the Maximals had gone blind. And when Optimus found them all, he radioed to Tigertron with a codex. So, so it's sh- shit is getting real. What's yeah. <laughs> so they say that they're on their way. And then we then cut to, to Optimus yeah, have- who has... Oops, we have sorry, Brad Trap riding uh, Optimus <laughs> with uh, the again, and I, I was just watching like his tail right above like Prime's jet. Yes. And I'm like Primal's jet, and I was like, I, ho- I hope that tail doesn't fall at any point. That could be bad. 
both his ears and the tail are flapping in the wind, though, so I guess it's yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's doing should be okay. okay. <laughs> you notice how, did you notice how I think it happened in last episode and also in this episode? Rat Trap's not complaining about riding on people anymore. I think he's kind of resigned to the fact that they're all going to die. So <laughs> that's the least of his worries at the moment. Yeah, because he literally says, I've been saying it since we hit this mud ball. We're all going to die. Yes. And, then, and then, of course, we we get uh, Optimus who says, we're not scrapped yet. And Rhinox will find a way to deal with these aliens. I love how, I love how he puts his faith in Rhinox. Like, I mean, it's great and all, but mm. this is not the first this is not the first time where he's like, oh, he, Rhinox will solve this alien pro- technology problem we have. Yeah. Well, you know, he's got he's to at least, like, tell everyone that everything's going to be okay. That's the, one of the jobs of a leader. True. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's, I he's mean, in the job description. Yeah, that's all he can do. He was, he, was in the man, he was in the manual for when I started this podcast. <laughs> tell them it'll be all right. Greg has to tell us this all the time because we just get, get so worried. Yeah. But, that's what you tell us every time we bring up Beast Machines. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, no, what I normally say when we bring up Beast Machines is, God damn it, we have to watch that. I'm still looking forward to it. But yeah. So, <laughs> so we we cut from, like, there's this very quick exchange that goes on, and then we then cut to uh, the alien structure. It pretty much vanishes, and we get this little voiceover from the aliens saying termination sequence engaged and the, the energy goes up from the planet. I was going to say return to Nexus zero, which apparently is a specific thing. Uh, I won't talk much more about it because it kind of will give uh, some things away, but there's, you know, further information looking up into it actually kind of ties into what we'll see later in the, in the series too, and stuff like that. So is that like a real is Nexus Zero like a really like a basic version of the of a Google tablet? <laughs> uh it's kind of actually a point in space. So I don't know, there might be a tablet there. <laughs> it's waiting for us. And space for someone to find it. And it's only ninety nine ninety nine. That's a pretty good deal for a space tablet. Is there, like, a, a Best Buy employee there with it ready to sell it to you? <laughs> no, because you can never freaking find one of a Best Buy employee when you want to <laughs> buy something like that. It's, behind, it's in a glass case, and you have to spend you have to spend your entire life searching for the Best Buy employee. Your entire life. <laughs> I love how we've suddenly gone from, like, tablet in space to, oh, it's in a glass case. <laughs> it's like a space Best Buy. Well, someone in this case is floating in, in space case. as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I mean, like, if it wasn't in a glass case, anyone could just take it. You oh, God, it. it's a space case. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, Greg, this would be a good time to put in the space cases theme song, because that's what they actually sing. Uh, space <laughs> yeah. cases. <laughs> you don't need to put the theme song in it anymore. <laughs> But yeah, so we get, um, once the energy dissipates and the aliens have apparently left, we we get uh, the scene, it sort of zooms out a little bit. We realize that we're watching it on a computer monitor inside the Predacon space. And we've got Pterosaur who turns around and he's like, they're leaving, we scared them away. 
<laughs> when we get Megatron, who says hardly, <laughs> <laughs> and he um, he has the computer patch in to their space scanner. Apparently, um, that we get uh, Scorponok, who's like, "The moon, it's gone." The aliens have destroyed it. And he's like, "Dolts! It was never can, a moon." You can clearly see <laughs> the the moon there. Like it's, yeah. it's a yeah, different it's just color. smaller. Like yeah. I can understand, like with the painting and stuff and the backdrop, that it could it kind of might like it might be a little harder to clearly see, mm-hmm. but it's still obviously a uh, structure is still there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I, th- I think so. I think uh, Scorfinock has had one too many hits to the head. Yeah, yeah, probably. Or, or like lost his head, or like smushed it into like flat. Yeah, yeah. Maybe many things that's happened to Scorfrock over the years. Maybe he ran out of parts to repair his visor. <laughs> but, yeah. He needs to turn up the brightness on his uh, on his on his visor. Oh yeah, that's probably you're right. Yeah, that's probably what yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. Because he was to in be the fair dark. though, the moon does kind of disappear shortly. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Because sort of. as we come to find out, that's no moon. It's a space station. <laughs> Was it even a space station? Uh, no, I don't think so. No. And a weapon. Nope. What, what it turns out to be is a giant space gun. Because the, the former moon begins to transform in front of their eyes. Uh, Things are transforming in Transformers a lot today. I felt like they it are. looked like a. It looked like a, it, I thought it was a not a space gun. I thought it was just a 1990s screensaver. <laughs> I was gonna say it does feel like someone had a lot of fun doing the CD rent or the 3D rendering of this this scene. <laughs> Were a lot of fun or a lot of headache <laughs> trying to get it Probably right. Probably both. Yeah. <laughs> I hope it was Probably. fun because it certainly didn't look very good. Ooh. I, don't know, I don't know. I like the blooming onion at the end. <laughs> I yeah, I feel like fun. so most of the time this show works really well. I think that, and this is true of like of early CG and and a lot of uh, when you're a lot of those kinds of effects. But like it's like when it's trying to be when it's trying to like we're gonna look as cool as we possibly can and use as much effects as we possibly can. It really suffers, and I felt like the the um, the effects on this really looked really looked dated. And I usually like that kind. Of, like I usually like stylized. Like I feel like it's almost stylized at this point. Um, like early CG type stuff. But um, I felt like yeah, I felt like it looked really um, yeah, not mm. the best. I, yeah, I thought it, I didn't think it looked great or anything, but I thought it looked fine. It bothered me at all. I that's found, a thing that's happening. Yeah, I found that it, it like. The textures wasn't great, but I thought that the way it rendered was definitely better better than what we had seen at the start of the season. Like the all of the yeah. renderings, I thought looked a lot better than like even over the course of this season, we've seen improvements of the animation. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely that's definitely yeah. true. I mean, like, uh, I mean the and the the stuff in the bases in this episode looks really good. Like, yes. like when you're seeing Megatron on his chair and everything, like it looks really good. It's just specifically the effect on the the on the screensaver. It really uh, it really doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. Though I think that there was like there was there was one other point that I actually thought was pretty cool this episode. When we hit on it, I'll I'll bring it up. But uh, but yeah, I think I think they were trying to. Um, maybe try and showcase a few things with this episode. I, I tend to think that maybe they didn't know for certain that they were going to get picked up for a second season. Yeah. So I was might... saying that earlier. I heard, I've heard, like, I don't have any sources. Like I just <laughs> heard this in a video. Yeah. But, like, 
I, I've heard that like every season's like that, where they, they're yeah. not really sure if they're going to get picked up again, which is weird because I, I thought it was a pretty popular show. But I mean, it, it, again, it's a cartoon, so I mean, Young Justice was a very popular show and got canceled. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, it's hard to say, but um, but at this point, so we we've got the moon literally changing into this giant space gun. Um, Megatron is essentially telling them that it's far from gone. They, and he says that it's the instrument of their destruction and he calls it rather impressive. And of course, Pterosaur is like, <laughs> what do we do? Yeah. Well, I mean, it was He's probably like, impressive in 1994. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and to be fair to the listeners, we keep on a space gun, but it doesn't look, if you haven't seen the sh- episode, it doesn't look like a space gun. It looks like a donut with a sunflower in the middle of it. And like, <laughs> yeah. they're not, con- they're not connected. It's like, yeah, the 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 blooming onion as as um I think Jordan called it, uh, or like it looks almost like a flower or something is like floating in the center of this large uh, hoop and yeah. it, they're not connected to each other at all. So I think yeah, kinda, I think that's kind of interesting in terms of like like it's probably limitations more than anything, but it kind of is interesting. It's a very advanced technology if it's just kind of like floating there and connected. Yeah, and basically the whole sequence is that the outside of the the second moon basically turns into the hoop and there was something in the middle that turns into the flower shaped thing mm-hmm. that was just floating in the middle, which also kind of explains why uh, it was less dense than it should be because it was kind of hollow. There was just a simple smaller bit in there as opposed oh, yeah. to it being filled. You know, what would have been awesome if rather than this, like the form that it took, if they had decided in this episode, because of what happened last episode with them pulling data track, like information from Primal's brain to make the giant head of Unicron appear to be able to communicate with them, if they pulled a Ghostbusters and said that the moon would transform into something that they would all fear, <laughs> this and turns it into turned Unicron's into a head. fucking Unicron head or like a, a mini Unicron, and it started wreaking so cool. havoc on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been really cool. Yeah, oh, basically, I think well, this would have been better if the aliens were more compelling. If it yeah. wasn't just, I mean, well, the idea of them, the idea of them doing the Hitchhiker's Guide thing of them, like this, this planet is an experiment, and uh, and we, and we're gonna, and you guys messed up the experiment, so we're gonna destroy it all and then re- reboot it. Is is an interesting? That's an interesting uh, idea. It just felt like very, and I mean, this was the issue with with the 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 Omicron head last uh, last week. Um, I know it's Unicron, but I'm going to keep calling it the wrong name. <laughs> no, it's funny. <laughs> it's funny. I laugh um, every time. <laughs> I, I, it was. I mean, the issue with that was this is a character. I mean, at that point, like you kind of, sort of mentioned him, like, but it wasn't something that I, you know, as as somebody who's was Beast Wars was my first experience. Like I. It a hundred percent like was totally over my head that this is this is that guy. It's like like Optimus recognizes him. Like who's that? Like, hey, that guy. Yeah, like, it might have been. I don't know. Maybe maybe uh, sorry because they they brought him up in the Starscream episode. Maybe if they had like done more of a flashback in the Starscream episode or something like that, like so that you would see him and you would and uh, so that if I saw him, I would recognize him. Um, but that was like, meh. and then the re- and then yeah, this like they're just gonna, we're just gonna fight this machine, and it just I don't know, it felt very like a lot of like uh like the Suicide Squad movie from this past summer I think had a similar problem where the the villain was just a bunch of special effects 
and and I mean I know the villain in this show is is Megatron, but it would have been more interesting if this mysterious well, one if they'd have done more of the like little hints here and there of this mysterious alien race because we have what like two episodes there or three episodes because there was the probe the uh standing stones and the and the mountain thing right yeah, the floating island yeah. yeah the floating island oh yeah. yeah yeah so if there had been a couple more uh of those types of episodes and it felt like it was actually they actually added up to something as opposed to this kind of felt like they were like, yeah. I mean, maybe it's, and maybe it is, maybe it is suffering from the fact that it was, they didn't know if there was going to be a second season, so they wanted to pay off the alien threat, but it just, mm-hmm. eh, I don't know. And maybe they're like, even though they don't know they're going to make another season, they still have like ideas for it, and maybe like, maybe it'll be fleshed out more. Mm-hmm. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Uh, yeah. I mean, who, I mean, I guess a lot of people do know, but we don't. Me and you, at least. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm just going to share an image of Unicron with the chat so that Kendall knows what it looks like. Yeah, and I was going to say, like, the aliens definitely take a very hands-off approach to, to this whole thing. And I guess, I guess, like, even their their way of terminating this, this the thing is still kind of like, well, we've set it off, let's go, and and then just yeah, leave they're it not to do sticking it. around. Yeah, just let's leave just... it, leave it. <laughs> let's just, uh, oh man, I can't, I can't remember the line from Austin Powers. They're like, oh yeah, no, we'll just leave and assume everything goes according to plan. <laughs> Begin the unnecessarily slow lowering process. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, getting back to the episode. So we get um, Pterosaur asks what they're going to do. And Megatron says, well, we're going to seal the base and charge all shields. And I will see to the rest. And so he then has his computer activate program zero hour. And what happens now is the his, uh, he his, gets his is is uh, Hal Jordan gets really mad uh, because because <laughs> Cyborg Superman killed everybody in his in his in Coast City and then goes crazy mm-hmm. and gets white spots on his sideburns right becomes yes. um, parallax becomes parallax yes <laughs> okay okay cool just mm-hmm. really parallax is space bugs so don't worry about it yeah. it's not really his fault. Yeah. So what actually happens? Hashtag retcons. <laughs> um, once Megatron activates this program, we we get his sort of little personal computer monitors, sort of like a little orb that comes up, and it shows the maximal base, and it's scanning for the transwarp signature from the transwarp cell that Tarantulas had stolen two episodes ago. And he says, now we'll see if my faith in Tarantulas' ability is justified. And so he he realizes it's in the maximal base and also that its shield is down. Uh, and then he has, the, he has the computer scan the base using the al- an alien frequency. And it detects both Rhinox and Dinobot and that they're both not functioning. And it also detects... Tarantulas and Black Arachnia in the stasis hold of the ship, and that Inferno is moving towards them. Um, Megatron, of course, notes that Inferno's moving to them, and he's like, perfect. So we we get this sort of cutout from the ship to uh, Tarantulas, who's working on, the, on this stasis pod in the hold right now. Uh, he's got this sort of visor that he's got on his eyes right now and it's connected to the pod while he's working typing away on the keyboard with his little 
Like he's sort of single finger typing with his claws. He's really yeah, fast at as it. He has to. Yeah, he is fast <laughs> at it, but he reminds me of people that I have at my work who do that. And I'm like, God, it's annoying. So, so um, I have a question. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. This may have happened. Something relevant may have happened last episode that I'm forgetting. I know that Megatron sent Inferno to keep an eye on Black Arachnia and Tarantulas. Yes. Mm-hmm. If the whole point was, did Tarantulas or did Black Arach- or did uh, did Inferno do anything to help Megatron? If the whole point was to let Tarantulas and Black I- Arachnia do what they were doing, I think he basically told Inferno keep an eye on those two, and Inferno did what Inferno does. And kind yeah. of got overzealous. Yeah, he's like, "Oh, you're betraying the royalty. You're going to attack you now." Even though, right, like, right, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, that, yeah, because they're talking. So he sent the guy that's ridiculously that's ridiculously loyal <laughs> to him to keep an eye on the people who are actively trying to betray him that he wants to actively try to betray. Well, true, but who else would he send? Like Terrasaur? I mean, Terrasaur would just join them. Just let them do their <laughs> job. Like it's not like that's I mean, true. unless I forgot. Like, <laughs> like was was. Uh, did Inferno do something that took down the shields or anything? I think it was more of just recall. it was him trying to basically make sure they were pushed in the right direction because it would look it. I okay, this is this might be overreading into it, but there this is one possibility that I kind kind of see. Tarantulas is a paranoid uh, spider. Like mm-hmm. if he didn't try and stop him or try to do anything like that. Uh, he might kind of sniff out that he was up to something and it would change his plans. Okay. Converse of that is that he he does need, he did want someone to keep an eye on them because he wanted to make sure that basically they weren't going to outright, they were doing what he expected them to do, not, and not basically decide instead of, well, we're not going to fly away from this planet. We're just going to blow everything up. Right. You know, like, okay, just, and I guess he picked Inferno because like you said, he's insanely loyal and he's also, mostly competent like he's a very uh-huh. good like you know ally there so i mean except for the times when he's over when he gets overzealous he does follow orders and does what he wants him right. to do yeah, pretty if well sent, if he'd have sent scorpionok then obviously scorpionok would have gotten his butt kicked because yeah. every time every other time that's happened scorpionok's gotten his butt kicked okay i guess yeah it would that would make be, sense it's if, a stretch if they he could tell inferno to report to him but Inferno's not reporting on things. He's just <laughs> Inferno did try and report, but he wasn't able to get a signal through. Oh, well, okay, point. okay. So that was more what I was looking for. Okay, I'm okay. so Inferno tried yeah. to tried to report to him, and okay, cool. That makes yeah. a little bit more sense. Still, still think Megatron's dumb, but that's okay. <laughs> it is it is very convoluted. I I will say that. Yeah, the, there is another thing too that he might have sent Inferno because Inferno surprisingly enough has had a I can't see a great amount but a decent amount of success mm-hmm. when it comes to fighting the Maximals so if Black Arachnia and Tarantulas were in a spot where the plan was threatened from actually happening he might have wanted Inferno there to make sure to sort of make sure that the Maximals wouldn't stop them like either as a distraction or you know trying to get him in contact with them to, to assist them in making sure that whatever it was that they were doing that they wouldn't be uh hassled by the maximals like i could have seen that as a as a thing too but we don't we don't know like we say megatron never really has a plan except for like this particular instance so (laughs) yeah yeah it's a it's a chess game that he's but he's playing checkers (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Tarantulas um, has got the, the transwarp drive functioning in a stasis pod, as it turns out, and that there are some shields, and he's working on charging up the shields. I guess they're at, like, 55%. And this is where we get the weird Scott McNeil trying to do tarantula's voice. And he says, excellent. It's a small bit. It's a bit some. Oh, or yeah. He's like, it's a, it's excellent. And then we get black arachnia who pops in and says, it's a bit small for both of us. Of course, it could be kind of romantic. <laughs> and Tarantulus is having none of it. He's like, this planet will be extinguished in less than a megacycle. I have no time for your inane banter. So he starts going back to work. <laughs> and so Black Arachnia, feeling a bit dejected, is like, you won't have to put up with my banter much longer, partner. And she pulls out her gun and is about to shoot him. <laughs> and Inferno shoots the gun out of her hand and then shoots her. And he's like, the royalty will be interested to know what you spiders are up to. And this is where he tries to radio Megatron. Mm-hmm. And he can't get it through. Um so so then while he's trying to radio, uh, Tarantulas tries to shoot him uh, with his big sort of hook on his gun, to which Inferno pretty um, has a pretty cool moment where he literally tosses his gun into the air, catches Tarantulas' hook, and then toss, like just drops it and then catches his gun as it's falling down behind his back and then shoots Tarantulas' gun out of his hand. So... It was it was a pretty cool little bit there. Um, he gets the show off. Yeah, and of course, then Tarantulas uh, tries to use his little arm guns, uh, which do nothing to Inferno. <laughs> uh, Inferno's fucking crazy. Yeah, <laughs> and crazy he, makes you invincible. Yeah, he's like you're no match for me, and so he literally just turns his gun into its flamethrower mode, and just sets Tarantulas on fire. And so Tarantulas yeah. runs away, well, runs past him, and then smacks into a hall, into the wall in a hallway, and then like basically passes out from being set on fire. And he's just dead. Yeah. He's just done. Yeah. <laughs> Death tally. Hope you marked that down, Kendall. I was, I, th- uh, I thought yeah. more as he died? just basically over uh, overdid his like kind of just did give it a lot of trauma that kind of knocked him down. Yeah, I, I don't, I I don't think he no, gets that, up again. That tarantulas, I felt like that was a tarantulas death. That seemed... Okay. Yeah. 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 And well, does then, he get up then, again during the episode? Like, I don't think he does. No. But then, no, he doesn't. It's <laughs> non-functional. With, uh, with uh, Black Arachnia, then? Well, that's another thing entirely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll touch on that. I mean, like, Starscream is still dead when he went into Waspinator. I'll just say that. <laughs> so... From here, um, Megatron is using his scanner and he sees that Tarantulas is no longer active. And he's like, you know, he's upset that Inferno seems to be messing up this plan. And of course, he's not able to get a hold of him. Uh, so we then cut to, to Optimus, Rattrap, and Airazor who show up at the base. They notice that the shield's down. <laughs> And the way that it goes is like the shield's down, and then Rattrap says, "And unless my opticals are malfunctioning, so is one of the moons." So I like how Air Razor is like perched on um, Optimus's shoulder here, and she just yes. looks way too fucking huge for that. Yeah. <laughs> 
She's yeah. like the size of Optimus's torso, and she's on his shoulder. Yeah, because <laughs> at this point, Optimus is transformed back into his gorilla mode. So all three of them are in beast mode. And she's literally perched on his shoulder, trying to be like a parrot. And it really, like, the, she's the same size as Optimus, right? Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. So, yeah. So they have a, a little discussion. Um, they spot that uh, Tigatron and Cheetor are on their way as well and that they're close by. And what the so, Redcraft says, like, what? Oh, good. Now we can all die yeah, together or something yeah, like we, that. Now we can all get reduced to hot burning slag together. <laughs> and then Optimus <laughs> and, and Airazor at the same time are like, shut up, Redcraft. I love that part. <laughs> So, um, from here, we, we then come back inside, and Inferno is at the, the controls of the pod. And I couldn't help but wonder if he was trying to make it his new colony. Maybe he, he did do something there, Because he, he's, like, typing away at the keyboard, and we then get... So, apparently, Black Arachne wasn't taken out like we thought she was, uh, because she's climbing up the wall behind him uh, in her spider form. She, she gets to the ceiling, and it's like, uh, uh, uh... No touching. He's like, oh, so you're still functional. He's like, I'll soon remedy that mistake. And so she drops down from the ceiling and tells him not to count on it. Um, they get the. This is the scene that I was talking about where things were a bit more. I found that they they went to a lot of effort in this scene, like this little fight between the two of them. That's a pretty um, cool fight. It, it is. It made me think of a. Like it's not nearly as good. It made me think of the Chun Li versus Vega fight in, in the in a Street Fighter the animated movie, <laughs> the animated movie. It's not nearly as good as that fight, but it, it still reminds yeah. me of that because, like, I, I guess it's just because Black Arachne is uh, fighting a lot like Chun Li, where she's like doing yeah. a lot of flips and like yeah kicks. She's, yeah, she's doing a lot of that, and she like at one point you think that Inferno's sort of got her dead to rights, and. So at the very tail end of this fight, she sort of slips through his legs. Like she slides along the floor between his legs, kicks him in the butt and sends his gun flying up into the air. She flips over him and catches the gun and then points it at his head and then shoots him. Yeah. And then she sort of kicks ass. him. Yeah. She, she took it to him <laughs> pretty good. Um, from here, she, she, she picks up the visor that tarantulas had and moves to to his unconscious body she's like poor tarantulas or more to the point poor me if he was right that this planet is about to go boom and then she's like sorry about this partner but i need your data tracks to finish that ship so she sort of is hacking into tarantulas's brain and we get this little using scene. the visor that he was using earlier yeah yeah she literally uh we get this little scene of her it's not even close to what we have with the Tigatron team from a couple of episodes <laughs> ago. Is like completely different. It's it's almost like an acid trip sort of thing. Yeah, I really yeah. like this bit. It's um she she's in like this representation of his lab and grabs um, the transwarp cell that's sitting on the table and then she hears him laughing and everything goes dark and then it's like he has. It's three heads all laughing at her, like sort of giant heads the size of her body. And then she freaks out and rips the visor off of her eyes and is looking around. Um, from here, we then cut back to the command center for the Maxwell base. And we've got Optimus and Rattrap who ride up in the elevator first. 
and they're like, and Rat Trap's like, oh great, Dinobot and Rhinox took a great, a perfect moment to take a break, and Optimus is sort of looking around. They aren't sure where they are. Um, then we get Tigatron, Cheetor, and Air Razor who all come up, and this is you know somehow Optimus and Rattrap didn't step in it, but Air Razor manages to step in like this yeah. little bit of loose webbing that's on Speaking the floor. Of Air Razor stepping, I don't know why. But I just think it's it's so adorable watching Air Razor walk around as a bird. It's just, <laughs> it's just cute. I don't know. I just like how birds walk. I guess. Yeah. Um. So they look up to the ceiling, and we've got both Dinobot and Rhinox sort of strung up on the ceiling in these webs. Don't think they would have noticed that when they came in. Would have thought. Well, haven't you guys ever seen any Spider-Man thing ever? Yes, I know. If you're I on know. the ceiling, nobody ever sees you. <laughs> I actually researched that because I was I always wondered that. And you know what? SWAT teams are actually told to keep an eye, like to to sometimes scan upwards, especially in, like, warehouses and things where there is a, a higher level of uh, of escape possible. Yeah, like, but, I mean, the, the, these guys are just come, going home. And, I mean, like, people <laughs> generally don't look up. Yeah. It's true. I mean, I mean, <laughs> there's a difference between... I think there is a difference between a SWAT team infiltrating a warehouse and um, Aunt May looking in Peter Parker's room. <laughs> I mean, I, I generally... I mean, like, there's a whole thing in game design where, like, Game designers have to actively figure out ways for players to look up. Like, yeah. there's a part in the, the Portal 2, I mean, the Portal 1, actually, de- uh, developer commentary, where they're like, we put this ladder here in the in the game, even though you can't climb ladders, just so the players would look up. Mm-hmm. Mm. Makes sense. Because you follow the ladder up, and you're like, oh, where does that lead to? Okay, there's some I can portal up to up there, kind of thing. Yeah. Portal's a good game. It's... <laughs> <laughs> I know that's a controversial opinion. It's it's a very <laughs> <laughs> so we've got Radtrap who like everybody realizes that the spiders are there, and Radtrap's like, oh, just when I thought things couldn't get any worse, and so uh, Optimus orders Tigatron and Cheetor to get Dinobot and Rhinox down, and he then uh, he then orders Radtrap and Air Racer to search the base, and he's he's like, our Predacon visitors might still be here. And Rattrap's like, well, let Sentinel handle them then. And he's like, we can't spare the power. So Rattrap transforms. And he's like, so I get to do it the hard way, as usual. And Air Razor transforms as well. And she's like, let's hit it. And we, we then get this. I thought it was a cool little scene because Optimus is like, one more thing. If you find them, I want them functional. <laughs> and Rattrap's like, you just have to spoil my fun, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Which, why does he want them functional? I'm he, guessing he wants to ask what they were up to. What they're doing see if down he can, there? Yeah. yeah, see if he can get what they were doing out of them. I guess, and, you I know, like, if they're, de- if they're destroyed, you know, that's more precious time trying to figure out what happened if they if they are able to get it out of them, you know, directly. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing that he does keep them functional. Yeah, I know. It just, it's, yeah, I guess that makes sense. At least that's what I figured. That's what was the point was that he just basically wanted to grill them for what yeah, exactly? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I just like how it's menacingly said because it would be the opposite. Yeah. It would be more menacing. We're like, and I don't want them functional. It would be like more of like a menacing thing to say. But he says that like it's this badass thing where it's well, like, it's don't like, kill them. Well, it's, like, <laughs> you know, it's like when Darth Vader says, "Bring me the passengers. I want them alive." Yes, exactly. I guess it's like that. <laughs> So that was a really good Darth Vader impression, if I do say so myself. <laughs> it was pretty good. 
I thought James Earl Jones had come on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so we are about halfway through this episode. Um, why don't we take like a really quick, like two minute break, and then we will get back into it right away. Two minutes for the listeners. Two minutes for us. Well, two minutes for us. I can hear one of my dogs whining, wanting to go out. I think so. Cool. Rather than me having to clean up, you know, mess on the floor. We'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. We were clapping again. <laughs> I just left the recording going. late. I, I also yeah, left too. the recording going. That was the joke, but that's okay. Yeah. But yes, we are back. Um, so we we picked up now. We're back at the the Predacon base, and uh, Megatron sees that uh, someone has started work on the the transwarp cell again. It turns out that it's Black Arachnia, but he can't really tell at this point. Um, from here, Scorponok gets his attention uh, because the weapon is doing something. It's starting to spin. And as we see, it uh, emits, it starts to emit a, a rather large beam uh, that's hitting the planet. It almost looks like a, like a solar blast or something. Which makes sense, considering what it's doing. Yeah, because as, as it turns out, it's superheating the, the parts of the planet that it's connecting with. Uh, Optimus has the shields go up on the ship, and the the computer reports what the temperature is. And he's like, "Oh God, they're trying to to uh, detonate all the energon." So you think that's just you think that's just CO two? Just causing uh, global warming. <laughs> well, no. See, it's because see, in a weird way, by igniting all the. Uh, all the energon, it basically explodes and ionizes and creates the ozone layer. So thanks to this, now the now the uh, Earth is protected from uh, from global global warming until you know we come along and destroy the, the ozone layer again. Mm. I was going to say so uh, for, uh, uh, the way that we were going, I was about to say, oh wait, so if we had had Captain Planet here, this whole thing could have been avoided. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. I mean, a- anything can be avoided if you had Captain Planet. That's true. He's a hero. He's going to take the pollution down to zero. <laughs> He's our powers magnified. <laughs> uh, yes. So we, we cut back to the Predacon base, and they're getting shaken up pretty good. Uh, Megatron 
uh, calls the aliens brilliant. Uh, they're causing a chain reaction, which is going to rip the planet to atoms and destroy all traces of them simply to deal with them. He's like, what sheer ruthlessness, what disregard for sentient life. I rather like these aliens. <laughs> and Pterosaur's like, like them, they're trying to destroy us. And then they're we get so Wasp. delightfully evil. Yes. Just like me. <laughs> and Wasp, Wasp here says he doesn't want to get destroyed because apparently he has plans. We don't know what plans <laughs> they are, but apparently he has plans. Yeah, I oh, love that line. Yeah. And of course, uh, Scorponok being the kiss ass that he is, uh, says Megatron will save us. Honestly, <laughs> Waspinator's line reminds me of a joke my friend once did where like, he was doing the whole Doom thing. He was like, no, I'm too cool to die. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, after Scorponok sa- says that Megatron will save them, Megatron corrects him and says, no, I think not. He's like, I've reserved that task for Tarantulas. So he tries to get the the computer to reestablish the signal to the pod, uh, but it's not able to do so because the the shields are up on the on the the axelon now. Okay, okay, you guys, I figured out what Waspinator's plans are. Okay, so yes. um, a few weeks ago, he asked uh, Black Widow on a date, and she said maybe if it was the end of the world. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's like, score. He's like, here it is. Here's my chance. It's like it's like the end of the end of Dogma where where they're like they're trying like the world's about to end and she's trying to she's trying to figure out what to do to uh, to stop everything and then uh, and then uh, <laughs> and, and, uh, Jay and Silent Bob are like no uh, you know you said that if we had five minutes to live you'd have sex with us <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my oh yes guys <laughs> so. We we cut back to the the maximal ship. Uh, Black Arachnia has managed to to finish the pod, uh, much to her surprise. She's like, "It's ready. We, or rather, I did it." And she still got the visor on. And as she says that, um, we see Rat Trap's gun and Air Razor's gun both pointing at her head, and they're like, "Hooray for you!" <laughs> And so Black Arachnia takes off the visor. And, of course, she hasn't really been paying attention to anything and says, did you know we have a truce? That was a good moment. Not anymore. Was, I, liked, I liked that moment. That's, that was good, that's yeah. the kind of thing. That's the kind of thing they should have been doing with the truce. <laughs> so from here, um, we see that the temperature is climbing like it's almost del- it's pretty much doubled from when Optimus first checked, and then it's continuing to climb. And he tells the computer to modulate the shields as necessary. Um, we then get Cheetor, or the ship starts to to shift a bit because the um, the ground beneath it is starting to give way. And Cheetor says, "Leaping lasers." Yeah, still trying. He's trying really hard. Um, Optimus asks how long before Rhinox is functional, and Cheetor's like, at least a mega cycle. He took a, a pretty big dose of cyber venom. And then Optimus has the computer project uh, how long until the planet's done, and it's 28 and a half cycles. And so Optimus is frustrated. He's like, ah, not enough time. Um, he then gets radioed by Rat Trap, who tells him that he needs to get down to the stasis hold really quick, and that there's something that he's got to see. 
So we cut to the stasis hold, and we got Optimus looking over the pie. He says, incredible, it just might fly. And then we get Black Arachne, who's like, of course it will fly, you ape. Rude. Like, but, it, but it won't do you any good. The systems are only going to respond to me. So, so Optimus literally picks her up and is holding her head and says, well, then change them to me. <laughs> She's like, well, dream on, Captain Hairball. So, so Optimus then gets the computer to tell her how much time they have left. And um, then we get Rattrap, who says, uh, who happens to pipe in, who says that he didn't think the tarantulas built it to be a planet buster. Um, and Optimus points out that every, one, every time that they've come up against an alien structure, it's been designed for a specific purpose. And that this particular one's busy, and Optimus thinks that if they could get close enough, that he could take it out. <laughs> Rat so, traps like with what? So I just want to throw in here: um, if uh, if a if a cycle is roughly a minute, which I think again we can kind of uh, it's probably a little bit less than a minute if this show is 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 taking place in real time because it's like twenty six cycles is the episode. Um, mm-hmm. Then that means that Rhinox will be better in two years. So. <laughs> oh, that's a long time. Yeah. So there's yeah. there's probably so there's a there's probably a time jump in between uh, in between seasons here. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> I've actually seen the first episode of, of next season already. And, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say that, but we'll see. <laughs> um, so Rattrap is like, "How are you going to take it out with one of your famous we can do it speeches?" And, uh, <laughs> I, when I was watching, I'm like, "Yeah, that is all you're good for, Optimus." Yeah. Aww. And but Optimus uh, counters in with like, "No, a transwarp explosion." And everybody's like, you'll blow yourself to atoms. And he's like, if it saves this planet, it will be worth it. If not, I'm no worse off. He's like, either way, it's the only chance any of us have right now. Yeah, so, he's got a point. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh. So he, he manages to convince Black Arachnia. And so she tell, she gets the, the two cats to let her go and says that she's got work to do. Um, Cheetor, of course, says that Optimus can't do this, and that he that he'll fly the ship instead. And then Tigertron's like, "No, let me. I owe this world." To which Optimus is like, "I'm grateful, but only a flyer has a chance of getting clear of the blast." And this is this is where we mentioned earlier that <laughs> Airazor mentions, well, "This is why I, then this is why I should go." To which nobody says anything. Yeah, because well, instead of basically countering it. Uh, Prime immediately turns to Rat Trap, or Primal turns yeah. to Rat Trap. He's like, "Aren't you going to say anything?" Yeah, Rat Trap's <laughs> like, uh, "Suicide ain't in my Fuck job no. description." <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Optimus is like, "Well, it's not really in my job description either." So start rigging an auto charge so, on that so, transport. So since so. it's not in your job description, so that means Air Razor is going to go right. <laughs> um, I, I assume he just didn't have a good argument for Air Razor, so he deflected the question. <laughs> Yeah. Well, he's, he's just, just like I don't want he knows, to. Because, I think like, at that point everybody in the room knows that he's going, and they're just mm-hmm. sort of all doing their obligatory, taking their turn. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously he's faster than Air Razor, so yeah. I mean, yeah, it's you know whatever. He's faster, yeah, and he's faster the boss, than Wayne. and he's you know he's <laughs> not a woman. You know. <laughs> so we get um, we can't in survival situations later. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so we've, we've got Rat Trap who's working on a bomb. Um, they finish the work pretty quickly, 
and Optimus hops into the pod. Uh, he's like, cozy. And Black Arachne is like, just like a coffin. And that pisses Cheetor off. Yeah, he, he gives a little growl at her. Um, she's like, you realize that this is crazy. And Optimus is like, sometimes crazy works. And then he thanks her for the help. Um, she's like, better you than me. And we then get the Maxwells who are like, you know, take care, Optimus, come back to us. Uh, Tigertron says, may the Matrix protect your spark for all eternity. <laughs> and then we get Rattrap asking him if he can have Optimus's quarters if he doesn't. <laughs> and Optimus back. says, no. Yeah. He's well, like, no. <laughs> to be fair, those are really good quarters. I, I would want I would want to keep them as long as I possibly could, even if it was post-mortem. Yeah. <laughs> um, Optimus takes a brief moment to to say that whatever happens, he wanted everybody to know that they're the finest crew that he's ever served with. And then every, we get like this sort of little solemn moment to which then Black Arachnia says with rather disgust, do Maximals always talk such slop? And then <laughs> Air, Air Racer punches her out. <laughs> socks her right in the face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to which we then get Rattrap saying, my sentiments exactly. <laughs> nice. So from here, we, we then get uh, Optimus, who lifts off in the pod. Um, Puts his mask up, too. Yep. He, get, he gets his little uh, visor mask it, on, it so he looks a bit more like Optimus. Um, he just does it every time he, he's planning on going to fly or something like that. Like, like, and sometimes I think it's, it's one of those things like he thinks he does it because he thinks it looks cool. Yeah, it could be, yeah, too. Yeah, it does look cool. <laughs> yeah. So Optimus lifts off from the ship and is flying up towards the the big gun in space um as he as he's in space we we then cut to megatron who's watching the pods ascent and he realizes that it's no longer tarantulas's codes on the ship it's optimus's so he's like ah oh, optimus is flying the ship how delicious yes so Obviously, there's something going on here. We just don't know what yet. Um, we then cut back to the Maximal base, and Cheetors managed to get a scan of Optimus's progress. And they ask, how did you do that? And he's like, oh, Rhinox showed me how to make a hole in the shield to be able to, to send out a, a pulse to be able to, to see what's going on. And then there's kind of solemn that Rhinox isn't there. And then we cut to Rhinox, who's in the R chamber. He's like, Optimus and... Then we cut back. Yeah, he's still sort of out of it. Um, We then cut back to space, and we've got Optimus in the pod, and he's like, oh, nearly there. He's like, and there's no signs of any defense yet. So he asks how... They cut back to the Maximal ship, and they ask how much time. There's like five cycles. (laughs) Ratchup's like, oh, man, leave it to the monkey to take it to the wire. So we then cut back to the pod, and... Optimus is now in range. He's like, okay, commence ignition sequence. And the computer says ignition in 60 nano clicks. And Optimus is then like, okay, prepare to blow the pod hatch. And the computer immediately says, unable to comply. And apparently the hatch has been sealed. He's like, that's impossible. And then we hear Megatron's voice saying, oh, I assure you, it is not. And then we get a little scene between Optimus and Megatron, uh, how Megatron's like, both of us hitting upon the same plan to destroy the alien machine. Unfortunately, space shows up in the pod, too. Yes, we get a little little video on the, the glass panel of the pod. And uh, Megatron... I just have to say, the TF Wiki had this screenshot with the caption, worst in-flight movie ever. 
um, we we get a Megatron who says, "Unfortunately, my version had the pilot going down with the ship, or should I say, up with the ship." Um, we then cut back to the Maxwell base, and everybody's wondering why Optimus hasn't ditched, and uh, they get a bit worried. And we then cut back to the pod, and it's like, "Well, goodbye, Optimus." And he's like, oh, you Optimuses do love to sacrifice yourselves, don't you? And he's like, unfortunately, this time your foolishness will destroy you and your Maximals. And then we get, like, this iconic scene. Because this is what... I remember this from any of the commercials. Um, because Megan, it's very grandiose. He's like, the Beast Wars are over, Optimus. You lose. And we see Megatron's finger sort of pointing... And uh, the computer's counting down from 10. And as the pod's zooming into the structure, we we get Optimus, who lets out this like big yell of, like, Megatron! And I'm, you know what? I'm going to cut it. I'll I'll pull the audio for it, and I'll put it into the episode, because it's pretty <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, totally. Um, did we mention that Tarantulas said something? <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Well, we, when, right when they're wondering why Optimus hasn't ditched, we got Black Arachne. She's getting held by Tigatron. And her eyes glow green, and we hear Tarantulas saying, Goodbye, Optimus. Yeah, she's speaking the words in Tarantulas', Tarantulas voice. Yes. So, so Something's going on there. <laughs> yeah. So the pond enters the structure and then explodes, and we get this huge explosion that occurs. Um, and we see like Optimus's chest plate, and if you're very if you're watching very closely, you see Optimus's head as well. And then we see almost like the sort of like the graphic, almost like you saw from, I want to say like Star Wars Episode Four, the special edition when it came out, when the Death Star explodes, you get that sort of ring that appears from the explosion, like this shockwave. And uh, it sort of repeats it a couple of times, the explosion. And then as it sort of pans around, we get the end with a question mark. Yeah. And that's the end of the episode. Yep. That's how it, that's how Beast Wars season one ends with the Maximals the losing, winning. which is very cool. With the good guys winning. <laughs> figured out a way to take out the evil dictator. Oh, whatever. <laughs> I gotta say, I I kind of felt the 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 flame explosions in in that graph in the graphics were kind of. I think they like use like. Uh, real flame explosions again. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, that's yeah. again like just real, uh, real footage explosions put over like the moon thing blowing up, and it's like <laughs> it just looks so bad. But <laughs> reminds me of, I like, agree. Old, like, I agree. They, practical effects always look bad. They should always do. <laughs> oh, that's not a practical effect, though. That, that's special effects. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there's the end of the episode. So. So we don't even get it like a next time or anything. It just ends. No, we don't. It just went straight to credits. And we're yeah. you guys just got to wait a week, but most <laughs> kids back in the day they had to wait like a whole summer. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's true. But yeah, there you go. End of season one. Um, so yeah, overall thoughts. Good. Yeah, like again, like I that ending is just like very iconic to the series, and oh, definitely, and just like it again. It's a, it's a very brave move to like end the series when they weren't even sure if they were going to get another season Pres- I, um, allegedly I'm not sure if I, I'm not sure how good that information is mm-hmm. with the yeah. bad guys winning that's yeah. crazy 
I know Kendall would argue that it's not that, but <laughs> I say it is that. Yeah. Um, Overall, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, it was. Sorry. It was good. I just. I think. I like it better when the Maximals and the Predacons are fighting. Or if there had been, like, a real, like, legitimate, this is another villain kind of thing, I think that would have been better. But the I just didn't, I just don't really like the, the weird alien stuff. Yeah, I guess, like, the, 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 the con, the uh, antagonist being this uh, event rather than uh, any particular character did make uh, that aspect of the story uh uh, maybe not weak, but definitely that's one way to describe it. And normally we have this like playoff between the Maxis and Predacons, and that kind of shows up at the end of the episode. But but mm-hmm. mostly everyone's just kind of like there, there's a lot of like back and forth, and everyone's doing their plans to to take out this menace, and it all comes to the end of being Predacons versus Maximals. But from most of the show, it's not really that because I mean the biggest fight in the, sh- the episode is Predacon versus Predacon yes. versus so, the uh, so Inferno and What was two episodes ago when all this stuff started? What was Megatron's actual plan? I th- I honestly I, think he expected Tarantulas to get through all this point and possibly be the one piloting it. Yeah, like I'm, that's why he set up the trans the code in Transwarp. He basically was gonna he figured Tarantulas was probably gonna try and escape. Uh-huh. And he was just going to basically commandeer, thanks to Transwarp, commandeer and fly it into whatever problem it was. Like he figured why that. Is, why is sacrificing Tarantulas so that he survives better than taking over the galaxy? Oh, uh, I think he kind of knew that Tarantulas was a, a possible danger to him. No, I mean, because so, like in so two he, episodes he ago, in that terrible episode, he was like, and to think I was once satisfied with taking over Cybertron. Like, oh, it sounded um, like he was really going to do something, actually do something. I think that has something else to do to deal with. Yeah, yeah I think but he I, figures that the is... golden disc has some more use to it rather than just the, uh, like, just this uh, particular instance with the, the yeah. big giant gun in space. Okay. Like, I get the impression he's sort of, I, I think so he's he sort of decoded the, So he some found the, the other disc and it's just completely unrelated. Yeah. Ah, that uh, that doesn't work for me. But yeah, okay. maybe he like at the time thought he could use the the alien stuff to his advantage, uh, like 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 gain their power, and then but his like plan B was to blow it up, and I, I guess the plan A didn't work out. But it's true, it is it isn't very like clear, and maybe it will be uh, more clear in later seasons. But yeah, because I wasn't even thinking about that line. But you're mm-hmm. right, that is kind of a that line doesn't really fit up with what we saw so far. Yeah. Yeah, I think he was sort of more trying to get all of his ducks in a row in that he wanted to have, for the first time that we've seen all series, he wanted to have a plan. He wanted to have a plan A and a plan B in case, like sort of a, a contingency in case the disc wasn't able to help him, um, which it didn't in this case. So I think he wanted to have a contingency since he knew the tarantulas is trying to do something with the transwarp cell, which would normally indicate that he's going to try and get off the planet. So he probably figured he would try and do something to, you know, if he's going to be off the planet with this cell, he can rig it to explode. Uh And he just coincidentally can take tarantulas out with him. So it's like, Oh, I get to have my cake and eat it too. Sort of deal. Yeah. I mean, alternatively, alternatively, it's, uh, he was, he was, uh, saving everybody by, uh, by, 
having it and uh and you know maybe maybe tarantulas actually volunteered for this and we just you know we're just getting it from no it doesn't make any sense and like either way um maybe he's trying to save everybody but he's still trying to kill tarantulas he's he's the one who's made it so that the pod wouldn't open yeah i presume it was part of his hacking i mean maybe i mean we mentioned that inferno didn't do anything but he was messing with the controls so maybe he made it so that the hatch wouldn't open and but that doesn't make sense for what what was Megatron doing when he hacked it. So it's got to be like, but maybe Inferno was doing something to the pod to help Megatron because mm-hmm. he was messing with it. Yeah. Oh, it's possible. It's hard to say. It's not That's... clear. So it probably doesn't mean anything. But I'm just overthinking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Season finale. Ah, so excited for the we... next season with the trans metals and the fusors. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, we've got a few questions this week. Okay. Um, Do you, um, we got, we got another question from, uh, Ryuchi Allen. Uh, do you want me to do the Facebook ones first? Sure. Okay. So from Ryuchi Allen, we got, is there a particular character, storyline, etc., that you loved or hated as a kid, but rewatching the show now feel completely different about? Mm. And I'm guessing he... Or or she I I forget I think Richan's a girl. Okay, she she probably wanted us to was thinking of uh, Transformers uh, and Beast Wars, but I'm guessing since they just said a particular character storyline such that probably is open to like anything. Yeah, um, I mean I can't really think of anything with Beast Wars that I mean like that I would have. I, I didn't really have a lot of. Uh, memories and expectations I guess uh, or at least more not like oh I love this and now I don't like this I mean I, I, I had the expectation that Tigertron was not in this much and he actually was in it quite a bit but that's not a bad thing I was like yay cool Tigertron right mm-hmm. but other for this show other than that uh, so far no uh, everything's been either how I remember it or I'm discovering new things to like about it I'm trying to remember there was definitely like not not in trans uh, in Beast Wars, but there was some like series where I remember not liking it as a kid, but like as when I look at it now in retrospect, I like. And I'm trying to remember what exactly it was. Oh, there's actually a few series like that. Like I mean, I mean, this isn't a kids show, but I did not like King of the Hill at all as a kid. Thought it was stupid, and I didn't get it. <laughs> and as an adult, I think it's quite a funny show. Um, and I think there's like a lot of shows like that. Like I, pro- I wasn't a big fan of shows like Hey Arnold as a kid. But I could see myself watching that now and enjoying it more because it, the thing I, I didn't like about it was that it's, it's just like a show about life. You know, yeah. it doesn't have anything like fantastical in it. It's just a kid hanging out in the Bronx. I think it's the Bronx. Maybe it's Brooklyn. Probably Brooklyn. Anyways, it, it just didn't really appeal to me too much as a kid. Uh, I was very much more a fan of like action shows and stuff like that. Yeah. So that um, maybe? I know for me, um, growing up, I loved. Uh, shows like Transformers and Robotech and He-Man and I and I was thinking on this the other day because uh, I saw something to do with He-Man and I was like I never really got to see an end to He-Man because they sort of canceled He-Man and you never really got like an ending to the story so I was always like wondering whether or not he actually got to beat Skeletor like fully in the end I was the 90s series was that like a continuation or like um well, originally it was like in the 80s series, and then they made a new Adventures of He-Man, which was completely different and actually, funnily, funnily enough, 
Cartoon Network the, tried to reboot it too, didn't yes, they? Yes, they, they did like the early 2000s. Was the 90s um, one, was that the show that was like, Earth got, something happened to Earth in 1997 that it turned it into He-Man World? Uh, I don't I think, think, I thought the, new, the, the 90s one was that he got like transported to like another planet. Yeah, yeah, and it was like, yeah, yeah it was kind he of got transported to another planet. And funnily enough, Scott McNeil's first ever role was in New Adventures of He-Man, as it turned out. I don't, huh. I don't know. There was, I just remember there being a show like one of those like He-Man type shows with that that the Earth got turned into a fantasy world in 1997. And I thought mm. that was really clever as a kid because I was like, it's 1997 now. It could still happen <laughs> later this year. It's like well, it's like a predictive science fiction or whatever. Speculative well, fiction. At least, that's the word. At least it's not as uh, at least it's not as uh, disheartening as the laser tag cartoon series. I don't think I ever saw that. Yeah, apparently in the future, laser tag is life. <laughs> so uh, I'll answer the question that and, was actually asked. Um, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I can't honestly uh, think of things specifically at the moment. I liked Optimus question, a lot though. as a kid. I do not like Optimus as an adult. Boom. Um, yeah, he's like probably my least favorite character. Optimus and Cheetor are probably my two least favorite characters on the show, and those were two of my favorites as a kid. Um, I still, I still like Cheetor a lot, and Optimus. I, I, I could, so when far. I was a kid, I could care less about Tarantulas, and I think that he's a much more interesting character. Um, relatively speaking, I don't know if he's like a favorite or not. I liked Black Arachnia a lot as a kid, and I still like Black Arachnia a lot. But uh, um, I also, I. I don't like Tigatron as much as I did that. Like, I think I, I sort of fell into the Green Ranger thing of the. I was just about to guy. say. This is the uh, yeah. this is the new cool guy. Um, and uh, I it's not as bad because Tigatron actually is an interesting character, but uh, I don't like him as much. We do get in the third season. We will be getting an edgy, sort of Green Rangerish sort of character. Also, yeah, yeah. So it's Green Rangers versus uh, versus Starscreams. Dinobot stayed cool. I know that. Yeah, yeah. Because I liked him as a kid, yeah. as this cool like badass character, and he's still that. So yeah, he holds up really well. Mm. Um. Yeah. So that was that question. I think we sort of answered it to the best of our abilities there. Yeah. Cool. Sorry, I can't remember anything specific. Uh, Next question. Um, Next are uh, a couple f- or a few from Molly Hallman. Mm. <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> That's my wife. Oh my god! Borat voice. Uh, oh, it's okay. Uh, it's okay. I, I think I think Borat is is maligned by enough people that you can reference it obnoxiously, and people understand that it's ironic. It's always Sunny just made a joke of a Borat joke in this uh, this season. Oh, did they? Yeah. Like, basically, they made a joke about how uh, Mac and Dennis just watch a movie and 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 Mac wants to try and do like riffs or something like that, and and he's like, they already do that. It's like called Mystery Science Theater. It's like, yeah, but you know, he's like, and he, yeah, but then you can't come up with things, and so you just use Borat quotes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Anyway, we've, but, we've yes. got a few. We've got a few questions from from Kendall's wife, Miss Molly Hallman. And the first one is, which character looks the coolest? Ah, uh, wow, good question. <laughs> um, I still kind of always like I Megatron's uh, design in in general. Yeah, Megatron's 
Probably my pick too. I, I'm trying to think of another character that I think Inferno's one really is cool. also yeah, kind of. I was cool going to say Inferno is probably if you if you remove if you completely remove everything else and you're just going on physical appearance, I think Inferno might be the coolest. Yeah, Inferno's pretty. I cool. I still got to go for that T Rex head for a for a hand. <laughs> <laughs> you can put on puppet shows. <laughs> he patted his T-Rex head in this in this episode too. Oh, that's right, he did. Aww. I kind of like. I still kind of like the Optimus design. Um, yeah, I like I like all the designs, but I'm trying to get the coolest yeah. one. It's probably Megatron. Yeah, Megatron is pretty cool. All the, we're gonna get all the real cool designs next week. <laughs> yes. Yeah, actually, I really like Transmetal Cheetah. You, I, you know what, and I also Especially kind of. Actually, do kind of like the the spiders designs as well. Now that I think about it, like I, mm-hmm. I kind of just really like how they use the 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 legs on their you know that when they when they change basically their ar- the spider legs become kibbles on their arms and they can shoot bullets from that. I always yeah. I always like that, and I don't know why, but I just thought that was a neat touch. Yeah. Also, I, um, was- I we'll see how we'll see how they hold up on the show. But like having looked at having looked at toys, uh, I I think for, uh, speaking to the previous question, I do not like the design of the Transmetal toys as much as I did when I was a kid. So we'll see how they look on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I like Cheetor Transmetal at least his um his ro- his his beast form. I really like his beast form at least. Uh, his his yeah. his robot form. It's eh, it's alright, but. Uh, I found the hands so weird in this robot form. Yeah, I didn't really like that either. <laughs> and again, I, I have seen the, the next episode. His yeah, face I is kind of cool. I think it's um, it's the, the I think t- it's the one the the at least of the toys that I'm thinking of of the Transmetal toys, the Megatron Transmetal I think is the one that I like. Like it's a really a noticeable step down from uh, the non-Transmetal design. I think one of the reasons mm. I like the Cheetor Transmetal too is that his the the show matches the toy better for Cheetor Transmetal. Because like the Cheetor toy, like the Cheetah does not look like a Cheetah at all. Like and that's one one of the benefits that Transmetal had is that because the beast form's metallic looking too, it doesn't look so awkward when you have like a little bit of robot sticking out of this like above this animal. Uh so like because the they're both robots, one's just a robot animal, it doesn't really have that problem. Yeah, makes sense. Next question. Next question? <laughs> okay. Uh what is your favorite moment of the show so far? Hmm. Uh, oh. For me, going back, I really like the um, the episode where Rhinox was leading the team uh, while while they were all blind. I really like that sort of dynamic. How was good. He, yeah, how he sort of stepped up and I he almost had like a spiritual sort of thing going on towards the end of the episode. <laughs> Nothing like religious or anything like that, but I thought it was pretty neat how you know how he was going with it. So my my two favorite episodes were pro- I was I was looking through I was trying to remember I'm pretty sure it was Dark Voyage there was one that that Molly that Molly actually got pulled into and actually paid attention to when we were watching it because she I mean she's usually like she doesn't she's exposed to Beast Wars but she doesn't even know what a Maximal or a Predacon is even though she's in the room when I watch the episode three times every Monday night um, so. Uh, so, but but she did get. I think she did. Get, I think it was Dark Voyage that she got pulled into because I'm sure it wasn't Possession, and it was before the Low Road because I remember specifically the Low Road she did not get pulled into. Which uh, 
I think the lo- and and then the other one that was my my favorite I think is Law of the Jungle where Tigatron becomes a conscientious objector. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think my favorite moment of the series if you're just if you're if you're getting it down to a moment there's two that stick out. One is evil Rhinox, like seeing his seeing his design, and two is Rhinox's fart. <laughs> um, I, I was I was gonna say that yeah, the evil Rhinox uh, moment moments were pretty good. Just just some of the, I mean, like like how he turned Scorponok against uh, Pterosaur, and he just flips over Rhinox. He's like, he is a smirker, and then they just start <laughs> fighting each other. I mean, I, yeah. it's just, it's hard for me to pick because uh, it's more of like, in the moment, I can find things that I like and remember yeah. fondly, but like, anything that kind of comes to surface is hard for me to remember, like, some of my favorite episodes. And that's also because I also know that the the favorite moments that I know I will have a lot to say about have yet to come. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> um, favorite episodes i would say it's probably a lot of the jungle like kendall said and um victory i really like is that, the, that that is the one where they think they've won right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's a really good one and and that moment of optimus like like landing the ship was pretty cool <laughs> uh all superman style yeah um and also that and then another good moment that's a little bit more less actiony more somber is that is the conversation that uh dinobot and tigertron have in love the jungle yeah. was a really good moment for me That's except really for when one. except for when uh dinobot shoots his laser eyes and <laughs> and and misses tigertron and's like i wouldn't have missed if i was meaner you should that proves <laughs> that i'm stronger than you i also mm-hmm. like um the, another conversation is uh where dinobot's saying how he's gonna stay behind victory was a really good one it's oh, a really good yeah. optimist dinobot moment because yeah I think the Optimus and Dinobots relationship is very well. Yeah, that, yeah, that episode had a place. lot of uh, a lot of sort of what are the implications for what it, what is going to happen to Dinobot if 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 they succeed? I thought that was yeah. a, that was an interesting uh, thing. Yeah. yeah, good questions. Okay, and Molly had one more. Uh, which podcaster is what Beast Wars character? And I think we got into this once before, or we tr- or we tried to yeah, go sure through this yeah. once before. So I can't um, remember, but I don't mind. So I think Ira Glass is Tigatron. <laughs> um, um, let's see. Uh, I think Greg's Rhinox. John Hodgman <laughs> is Megatron. I'd see how low Greg is Rhinox. Yeah, of all of the podcasters in the world, Greg is definitely the most Rhinox-like. I, I, and I and I said uh, I'm ignoring Kendall's. Good goof here, but um, and I think I said before that Kendall uh, is Rat Trap, which I kind of still think. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I I could see Paul F. Tompkins as uh, Rat Trap. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. Jordan is Silverbolt. I, I don't know. Maybe it's, it's easy because he says that he's like his favorite character and everything. But I don't know. Like I I I can't say. T- I, I I guess we only really know each other from our work on Audio Entropy. But Jordan yeah. seems like a really nice guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and very uh, kind, and that silver bowl is that. So, oh, thank you. He's a super nice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Sorry, get all sappy there. Is uh, is tarantulas? <laughs> you know, attitude in general is tarantulas. No, 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 Luke specifically. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, it looks really nice. Actually, too, I would say Teenagers with Attitude, that cast probably is all the Predacons. <laughs> <laughs> so, because, and, and which means that, which means that, uh, that, uh, Zach is Megatron, because everybody else is constantly trying to undermine him. <laughs> so, does that mean, so, so how would the rest of them line up? Simone then is, uh, is, Scorponok. Mm-hmm. Um, would Joel be Pterosaur? I think Joel would be Pterosaur, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which one's I think Matt? So I think Matt would be Pterosaur. Matt would be Black I almost Arachnia, want to say, I think. I would say yeah. that or Tarantulas. Yeah. Yeah, or, yeah, or also, yeah, also Tarantulas. <laughs> yeah, because um, Matt's filters, I'm sure, would adjust. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I think actually, actually, in this, in this context, I feel like, yeah, so I feel like uh, Mike and Mike and Joel are are uh, sort of a tie for pterosaur. Are, yeah, uh, yeah, no, just because Joel. No, I think Luke is pterosaur. Mike and Joel are. Um, uh, one of them is Waspinator. Simone is Waspinator. Mike and Joel are uh, Scorponok and Inferno. You can whichever either one lines up. I think. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, is that all of them? Who are we missing? Because then Luke is pterosaur. Oh, okay. Cause he, yeah, and then, uh, and then, um, we're out of care. We're out of teenagers with attitude people, right? <laughs> Let's count much. like guests. Let's count guests. <laughs> okay, and but the um, most important thing is the most important thing about that that went too long. But the most important thing about that is <laughs> the teenagers with attitude crew is the Predacons, and Zach is Megatron. I think it is the most, and then because and then all of them are constantly trying to undermine him. How are we can all up? and we can all agree that Greg's Rhinox. Greg's right. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um. And while we were recording, by the way, uh, call me Alex. At, you know, at Profound Pants on Twitter, and has been on the Video Entropy stream a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, they asked quite a few questions. Um. I think we can get awesome. to all of them if if uh, to them. It depends on how long we take. We got all the uh, time. We got. It. We're super. Early. <laughs> But I want to point out that there's one, and they said like we could save some of their questions. But I think we can get through because I think some of them kind of will tie into things, uh, okay. except one. One I definitely think we should wait until later. And uh, interesting. And I'll I'll pretty much tuck it away, and I'll I'll tell you guys about it off air too. But we'll, I think I definitely think this is one that just that one specifically needs to wait. Um, so they first wanted to know. Uh, because we basically opened the floodgates of Pokemon talk from before, that uh, wanted to know what's everyone's favorite starter from each gen. Torch and, is my number one favorite. Each gen is my favorite. Okay. And who was your most recent, uh, or and which is your favorite generation of the games, and why is it Gen Five? Ooh, gen I'm 5 sorry, is really I'm good. I'm an old gen fogey, so I'm still a Gen One guy. Gen five is um, really solid choice, though. Because um, I didn't, I don't think I played anything past Gen two. Um, so, because uh, I like Totodial from Gen two, but uh, was it but Gen like three Gen or one. Gen four that had Fire Red or Leaf Green? Uh, that's Gen, Gen three. Mm-hmm. Gen three. Yeah, or is Diamond and Pearl? Yeah. Okay, so Gen three is what got me back into Pokemon. Like I played the first game, but I didn't play uh, Gold and Silver. Gen three with like sapphire, fire red, leaf green, and ruby, like that really brought me back to the game, and like I've been having fun with it ever since. So, so I kind of have to say I have a soft spot for for 
and I've said this before to friends before, like I do have a soft spot for Sapphire and Ruby, though I think they have the stupidest villains ever. <laughs> yeah, just, like just, the, just, just like what the, they're trying to do is is silly. I like is, the as, as opposed of that. to what all the other villains have been doing. It just it just seems a little silly, is all. Not that I don't yeah. mind silly. It's just. I think they're like the odd man out when you compare them to the other organizations that are in the other. Well, their 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 like plan is like it's it's like get rid of land or sea to benefit the other, which doesn't benefit the other. It just fucks everything okay. up. <laughs> okay, so let's. So I've got them all pull, pulled up. Uh, we'll just real fit. We'll just real fast rapid fire. I'm gonna say all of the the starters of the generation, and then we'll each go through and say which one's our favorite. So all, so okay. Canto. We've got Bulbasaur, Charmander, Squirtle, and Pikachu. Uh, Bulbasaur is mine. Yeah, I, I've always went with Bulbasaur first, to be honest. I like that one. All right, and Greg said Squirtle and Emily. Uh, it's toughy. Uh, I'm going to go with Charmander, but if I could have one of them as a pet, it'd be Bulbasaur, and okay. I'd never evolve it. This okay, the safest. Uh, <laughs> we have Chikorita, Cyndaquil, or Totodile, and Totodile is my choice. Yeah, I like Totodile, too. I, I love Cyndaquil. I just love how that little, you know, thing looks and the, just the little eyes and everything. I like Cyndaquil a lot, but it's, it's of evolutions. So I'm like, and but I usually pick Cyndaquil because then the rival has a Totodile, which is a cool Pokemon to fight. Because if you pick Totodile, then he's got a Chikorita, and you're like, this isn't very threatening. <laughs> so I, I'm going to go with, with Cyndaquil. Okay. Um, uh, Hoenn, we have... Trico, Torchic, and Mudkip. I choose Torchic and stick him in the box as soon as I as soon as I get him. <laughs> um, I gotta go Mudkip. I yeah, not but that's because Mudkip just makes me smile. Yeah, it's me too. <laughs> I think I like, said have, earlier. Have you, the, ever, have you ever seen that video where it's just an hour of Mudkip's just going Mud Kip Mud? I, I have not seen that. I couldn't watch that for an hour. <laughs> Cute, but um, and, and I think I said earlier, uh, Torchic. Blaziken is my favorite Pokemon entirely. So because of because of Blaziken, I'd say Torchic and Torchic's fucking adorable as well. And like I, I mean, like I know everyone rags on fire fighting, but that's my favorite type of combination. So I've been kind of ha- happy the last for those like three generations that it was like uh, the standard. I think it was three generations. Okay, so uh, I, I I just want to also make this is these the starters that I like are not necessarily the ones I play with in the game. Just just want to point that out because. Sometimes when I play the game, I kind of either usually go with the grass off the off the thing because of a uh, because uh, of tradition or other plans I have with with what I'm going to do with the team. But mm-hmm. but I just wanted to make sure that I mentioned that if you ever like go through my games, that's why if I'm saying okay. like a certain character. So so if a fan if a fan okay. steals your your save files, <laughs> I was going to say like if someone did and I was restarted, I would pick my favorite. I'm like, well, screw this. If I'm going to have to start over again, I'm going with my favorite. <laughs> I I actually I tend to try to I go for varied play so I don't usually play with the starters at all um unless I feel unless like I haven't played with a starter in a while and then I'll play with a starter and if I do that then it's usually one that I haven't started with in that particular generation um I'll, 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 before we move on to the next generation too I do want to say that like Jordan Gen three is an important gen to me but for a different reason it's because it was the first one that I owned like everything before that I like emulated it and it's it's not really the same I the first Pokemon game I ever owned was Pokemon Ruby. That's, That's really funny because Gen Three is the only one I ever emulated. Uh, we can edit, we can edit <laughs> that out, right? <laughs> also, wasn't Gen Three the first time you could pick uh, male or female characters? No, or... uh, Gen Two was. With oh, okay. okay. Oh, but it was the third oh. in- incarnation. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then we've okay. got Unova of Gen Four. Uh, or wait, 
Or was no, that the, no, this is Gen 4. Snivy, Tepig, and Oshawott. Wait, no, we okay. skipped a generation. No, no, that's the thing. It took so long Cohen? to talk about Owen. Yeah, you, you forgot Sinnoh. Or no, uh, I stopped you for this. Yeah, Sinnoh is, is Turtwig, Chimchar, and Piplup. No, I had it pulled up. I just assumed that since we were talking for five minutes that yeah. we were on to the next one. That's okay. Uh, Turtwig, Chimchar, and Piplup. This one, I I really... I, I played through this game once in a week when I was waiting for X and Y to come out. Um, I think I like Chimchar the best because I like... Inf- Ape, but again, this is one that I would just not play with. I would put it in the box. I'd probably go with tort- with the uh, Turtwig. Uh, this is one where I kind of really liked all the designs, uh, and yeah, and, and for me, it's like specifically as a favorite, it's a toss up between Turtwig and Piplup. Okay, yeah. Um, for me, it's a toss up between Turtwig and uh, uh, Chimchar because I like Chimchar to play with more, and I like think Infernape's a badass. But Turtwig is so fucking adorable, so I'm gonna go with Turtwig yeah. as my favorite. But the one I actually use and I'm like more favorite overall is is Chimchar. But Turtwig is my favorite of those three. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, Unova. We've got Snivy, Tepig, and Oshawott. Uh, I'm definitely uh, Snivy. Um, for me, again, this this is a really hard pick because I just love all all like all the things they look like like at the beginning. Um, I love the. Uh, Ashes Oshawott that he gets in uh in the show, and I just love this snarky look of Snivy. Like when when I learned that there was like Pokemon musicals, the first thing I did when I had <laughs> with my Snivy was get a top hat and cane and had him dance <laughs> across the stage in that. And I'm like, oh man, if I could just find a monocle. What I like about awesome. Snivy is that he's actually Satan <laughs> because he because he starts out as a as a snake that has legs and then he loses the legs. <laughs> I'd probably go with with Tepig. Okay, uh, Tepig for me because pigs are adorable, and also he turns into Ganondorf. So like, <laughs> and also firefighting again. So, um, Kalos, uh, we've got Chespin, Fennekin, and Froki. Um, I actually like. I actually, this is definitely the generation aside from Gen One, which is like bias and stuff. Uh, this is the generation that I like the starters. I like all three of them. Um, I go back and forth between Chespin and Froki. My game was definitely Chespin, but Greninja is one of my favorite. I'd say I probably yeah. like Greninja better than Chestnut, so I'm going to land on Froki. Yeah, I think I'd have to go with Froki too for the same reason. Again, and I just loved all three of them. I mean, Fe- uh, you know, Fennekin was like a, a Firefox kind of thing, so um, and then turned into like a magician Firefox. Uh, they're all good. I, I mean, yeah. I every mean, starter is good for me. But like, like yeah. Okay, uh, and that I is mean, all of I, the, and that is all of the generations of actual Pokemon games. So we can shush move on you. To, <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't, I didn't hey. For one thing, I didn't pick a Kalos one yet, oh. which I would go with Froki because Greninja's a fucking ninja, and that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and um, since you won't move on, because we all did, did we pick this one yet, or did, or did Greg pick one yet? Yeah, no, I picked mine. I got okay. Froki. Okay, so since Kendall won't take us there to Sun and Moon, <laughs> Generation Seven, uh, my favorite is Rowlet, like or Rowlet, I guess everyone calls it. I call him Rowlet because my name's Rowley, spelled very similarly. So Rowlet, yeah, I mean they're all good. I love them all, but <laughs> my little bird son, my little Borb, and Wait he a turns second. into Rowlet. Fucking... Doesn't even end up as a flying Pokemon. No. Oh my god, that's so dumb. 
Well, Rowlet's a flying type, and his evolved form is a flying type, and the third evolution is Ghost Grass, which is oh. fucking cool. It's, it's, it's the first ever Ghost Starter, and also, he turns into Robin Hood, but an owl, and that's the best. <laughs> yeah, I do like Balburb so much, uh, but I also... Uh, Borb, the correct term. Borb. Sorry, Balborb. Uh, but <laughs> Lidden... There's something about the, 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 the Pokemon that are, just look like they could care less. <laughs> you know? You, that I just I just love in design and stuff. And then the fact that it evolves into a fire dark, basically wrestling heel character that just, <laughs> you know, it's just it's amazing to me. Like, just as a storyline. And then I just love everything about Poplio. Yeah, Poplio's pretty good. I think that's also the one I would go good. with. I picked I picked Rowlet specifically because I was like, okay, that's a flying type Pokemon, so I won't have to I won't have to have a dedicated Pokemon to teach fly. But first of all, he's not he doesn't evolve into a fucking flying type Pokemon. And second of all, there's no fucking HM, so it was because yeah. it's not a fucking Pokemon <laughs> game. It's like Final Fantasy or something. I don't know. It's still a Pokemon game because it's a little different. It's not a Pokemon. Oh, look, yes. The Alola Islands do things different. And I think it's better, because I don't want to fucking take my movesets up with shitty HMs that don't do anything, except for, like, occasionally can cut down a tree. <laughs> you can have more than six Pokemon, though. Like. Yeah, but then you have to go change them. Like, oh, like, uh, like, you're walking to a town, and you're like, fuck, there's a tree there, and I gotta go walk okay, back to the Pokemon you Center, know- get my Pokemon a cut, come back to the tree, cut it down, get the single item you can get, and then go back to Pokemon Center to get my actual Pokemon that I actually want my team back. That's the fucking hassle. Yeah, that's the point of the game. Not the, no, that's not the point <laughs> of the game. The point of the game is to have fun. That's not fun. It's to be the best <laughs> that ever was. Okay. How does that you make you the know, best? Do you want to know what my fit, what my like dream team would probably be? Uh, so, and I'm going to give you their final evolved forms, but uh, realistically, I'd like to get them like at the first stage and uh, uh, like evolve them up. And so that would be. Uh, oh, give me a second. To, <laughs> I'm trying to remember because it's been a while. So it'd be like. Sceptile, Lenoon, uh, Snorlax, Flygon, and Gardevoir. Oh, Wait, I'm forgetting one, am I? It, it didn't sound like six. Said yeah, it. who am I forgetting? Because there was another... Uh, I'm not sure. Mr. Mime. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Tyranitar. No, no. Because he's uh, the best Pokemon. I do like... I mentioned earlier that the first ever Ghost-type starter is a Rowlet's evolved form, just do I. But I also like how Popthea's it's a fairy type. That's really cool too. Mm-hmm. Okay, what other questions were? At? Oh, what's the best the best generation? Um, for me, it's a toss up between uh, Gen Six and Gen One. And yeah, Zach, I'm, teenagers I'm with attitude. Zach is a jerk. Gen One. Gen One is not held together with string and duct tape. It is a very it is a very well designed game. It has one one or two little glitches that actually make the game better. So there. Well, I don't I don't know. Like, there's a lot of things like how Ghost type doesn't. Like, there's no ghost moves for ghost-type Pokemon to use against psychic types. Psychic types become, like, ridiculously overpowered. It's the same thing with bug-type. And also, I don't think ghost is even powerful towards psychic in the first game, even though the show says it is, and they intended it to be. But I think there's even stuff in there that says it is, but it isn't. Yeah. Like, I mean, there is... It, it does have a lot of, like, flaws, but it does have... I mean, it's still a beautiful game, and I, I think the flaws almost make it kind of charming. I mean, but it's not it's perfectly still... balanced. No, I'm not saying it's balanced, <laughs> but I mean... But it's also in-game, so you're just supposed to grind more. Like, 
I mean, you can beat you can beat you can beat Sabrina. First of all, Sabrina is pretty easy to beat. You just skip her and go on to Future City. I'm not even talking about Sabrina. I'm talking about like a psych- psychotype in general is just broken in that game. That's the well. That's the only. I mean, the only psychic type Pokemon in that game are Abras that are really hard to catch. There's a competitive scene to the game too. I don't play it, but still. Okay, sorry to go I'm, off topic of this one. I just remember what the six was, and it was Gyarados. Nice. I mean, there's barely a competitive scene for for current gen. It's it's hard to find a game. I That's can't, not true. I can't imagine. I can't imagine there being a legitimate competitive scene for Gen One. Have you not watched the Pokemon Championships? <laughs> they're, they're pretty big events. But anyways, um, best. Uh, Best gen is I, I would have to agree with Gen five. It's like really unique, cool, and like like maybe it'll be seven by the time I beat seven, Gen seven. But like right now, Gen five I think is it's got um, some really difficult gyms in there, which make for some good gameplay. Uh, and also, I like how it's every single Pokemon in black and white is a new Pokemon, so you don't come across any ones from older generations, and that brought back the feeling of discovery. Yeah, I, I definitely I, I hear what you're saying about Gen Five. Um, the problem, my problem with Gen Five is that Black Two is the only Pokemon game besides Gen Seven that I that I couldn't get through. So you know, Maybe, have you tried Black and White? Yeah, I've yeah I've beat Black. I beat Black. I, I and then I got okay. Black Two, and it was boring. All right, fair enough. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna step away for just a minute. You guys can go on to the next yes. question. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, since we kind of like have been taking. A- a lot of time, I thought now would be a good. This time one question took like like fucking like ten minutes. It felt like. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, save, awesome. yeah. Save save the save the other ones for uh, later, mm-hmm. and then uh, we got some rather fun info from Lady K Hirsch. Uh, you know, at, or at Lady K Hirsch uh, on Twitter, and and I I don't know. Do you want to read the whole thing, Greg? Uh, or? Yeah, I can. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll bring up uh, Lady Kay's message here. Um, so they just want to start off saying uh, hello to all of us. Uh, yeah. She She is our question asker slash self-proclaimed Transformers news correspondent. Um, she She's writing us with some hot scoops. Um, first of all, uh, this is going to be like our news portion. Uh, during the, the Toy Fair last Saturday... Uh, Optimus Primal was announced as the winner of the Power of the Primes vote. Uh, so there you go. Which why this is why I said that the new rumors were popping up because yeah. you know Beast Wars character won something rather. Yeah, very possible. Um, she goes on to say clearly this victory was made possible by the support he received from our podcast and no others like the popularity of the character <laughs> or the series in general. It's all us. I'm going to say Yeah, that. it's all on it's us. all us. Thanks, listeners, for for helping out. Yeah. <laughs> um, secondly, at a different toy event on the same day, uh, Takara showed a teaser image announcing that the next Masterpiece Beast Wars figure is going to be Dinobot. Um, she included a, awesome. a, yeah, she's included a picture... Or rather, it only gives the silhouettes. So I'm going to just post that into the chat. So Oh, uh, speaking of Masterpiece, I was talking to Joel and doing a little research. Uh, they delayed. They were delaying the, uh, the Cheetor master, Masterpiece collection, but supposedly from a somewhat reliable source, so I, like, I'm not the... Not, I wouldn't say 100%, but at least 
a good source that the probably will actually release it on the I think the twenty second of this month. Oh, okay. if I remember correctly. So nice. yeah, like originally they they didn't give a date, but it, now it seems like they're they have plans for it when it's going to be out now. Mm-hmm. That um, silhouette looks like so accurate to the show that yeah. I'm like worried it's not really what the toy looks like. <laughs> it's like and that, that almost looks like they're just from the show. Like, yeah. I just took a picture from the show and slapped it there. Yeah. And this is what we're going to make. Well, I hope it looks like that when it comes out. But mm. I Okay, I'm back. That would work. Welcome back. Um, we, we were just letting everybody know that uh, Optimus Primal won the uh, the Power of the Primes vote. Uh, so he Optimus Primal is going to be the clear victor, or prime rather, of the, um, the, the Power of the Primes line that uh, the next... Uh, a toy cycle is going to have. I'm assuming it's going to be touched on in like the comics as well. Uh, also, we mentioned that Dinobot is going to be the next masterpiece toy. And actually, uh, Lady K Hirsch wanted to make mention as well that she knows that some people on the podcast don't appreciate those these highly show accurate figures, but. <laughs> Um, if you actually put Masterpiece Primal and Cheetor next to their original 90s toys, they knocked them out of the water, according to her. Um, obviously, they weren't bad toys by any stretch of the imagination, but they just can't compete with the progression progression of toy-making technology and much higher budgets given to these high-end versions. Uh, needless to say, she's pretty excited to see them continue this with Dinobot, because Dinobot's the next announced one. Uh, thirdly, there was a cool-looking grayscale prototype of Beast Wars of a Beast Wars Megatron statue uh, that was shown at the Toy Fair this past weekend. And she personally likes Transformers that actually transform, but she did say that it looked really cool. Yeah, I'm gonna supply a link. To I'm looking at the Masterclass so. Cheetor, and it does look real good, and I kind of want it real bad. <laughs> I. I guess the Sometimes thing, I guess the statues are not neat. Like I mean, we had that whole thing where the the one statue, uh, Beast Wars Transformer uh, Megatron they gave out could hold that rubber ducky. So yeah. I mean, sometimes you know it might be fun to have them. I, mm-hmm. I mean, specifically, I just don't like the Optimus the that fa- that fancy pants Optimus design, and I don't <laughs> generally like. I don't generally like po- toys that have too many points of articulation because I think it makes them look like robots and not in like a intended way. Um, <laughs> and uh, I mean, I just don't like the style. Um, it's you know, it's a, a stylistic thing. I understand. I understand that technology, blah blah blah. I mean, I, I mean, there was there was obviously progression in tech in toy technology even during the even during those the even from the original the first line of beast wars to the transmetals um those statues real good um but uh and i don't know about the cheetor i'm not going to look it up because i don't care enough but uh (laughs) i also don't like cheetor so you know i'm sure it's better also i'm sure that the the original cheetor toy was probably terrible because the ten dollar like the uh, the delu- those deluxe toys were not that good. Yeah. The the regular and the deluxe <laughs> ones. The uh, the mega and the ultra line of that of of the original ones were were pretty good. But yeah, the the I like the sorry Kendall, the ten dollar toys were ten dollars. Mm-hmm. I like a Dinobot in the statue. It's like heads there with his sword through his face. Yeah, I thought that was pretty <laughs> cool. Um, the the fourth point that uh, Lady. 
Kay Hirsch is pointing out, and I'm going to supply a further link. Uh, they, they've got this sort of mobile Transformers fighting game uh, that's coming out. Uh, it is called uh, Transformers Forge to Fight. And the, the new trailer that was just released for it reveals that Rhinox is going to be a playable character in the game. So I might actually have to see about picking up this game. It's a mobile um, fighting game, though. That doesn't yeah, sound too exciting. It, it's, it's the the same folks who made the, the Marvel Contest of Champions game. Um, she goes on to say that she's she's never played them, but she's heard good things. So hopefully, uh, hopefully you might see some more Beast Warriors get included in the future. And then she, she goes on to, to say, uh, or go on to ask, rather, what we think of all four of the hot news items that she supplied us. I love it, and I and I hope. Yeah. I, I mean, I really appreciate it. Like it's oh, really yeah. cool yeah. that you did that for our podcast. And I mean, if you ever decide to do it in the future, we're more than welcome to submit them again. Oh, yeah. I, I'm I'm down with making you the official news person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, like I do. Kind of like the 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 fact that Rhinox is going to be in the app game. I but but you know, like a fighting game on on a on a mobile device has always kind of been iffy to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if I'll give it a, give it a try, but I. But then again, like you know, like the fact that he's on, like Rhinox is on there, that might mean that they'll like in later games or other things that will be coming out, they might try and like release Beast Wars stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and because Rhinox is, I mean, he's a loved character, obviously, but he's not, he's not uh, Dinobot, and he's not Optimus, and he's not Megatron, and he's not Cheetor. Like he's sort of, <laughs> you know, he's he's the. No, I don't. I mean, I like. 1.5 tier like he's not quite I wouldn't call him second tier but like he's you know he's not in the he's probably the fifth most popular character on the show <laughs> yeah, I can see where you're coming from with that yeah. well I mean it's, it, 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 it's interesting they took a character from Beast Wars and it was right off yeah, okay, that is interesting. Yeah. yeah, and we don't unfortunately we don't get to see a whole lot of Rhinox in the trailer that that she provided. Um, but for the most part, it looks pretty good. I mean, it's not an exact copy from the show. Um, I just watched it, yeah, and I mean, like, yeah. the, the game itself looks like it should be fun, but I don't know how you control that with a phone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it looks like the sort of thing that I would, I would actually like be pretty damn interested in playing on like PC or on a console, but. <laughs> Not sure how it's gonna go with the phone. Yeah, I feel like I feel like that's how because that's how the there's there's a Star Wars game like that too. I think and the Marvel game. I always see trailers and they look really good, but then I'm like, I don't want to play that on my phone. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm probably just a grumpy old man. <laughs> I just yeah. bought Super Mario's uh, brother uh, uh, All Stars Super Mario All Stars for my Super Nintendo, so I'm gonna play that instead. Hmm. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. There's some. Some questions answered and a little bit of news for the end of the show. Um, anybody got anything that they would like to plug this week? Um, still going to plug They See Me Rolling and uh, uh, and the Jesse Cooper things. Um, oh, uh, the latest They See Me Rolling, I believe, actually plug us, too. So they, 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 they include like just a shout-out to us. Oh, nice. I, I listened to that nice. episode, and I, and I remember them saying it on the podcast, plugged them, but I didn't remember hearing our thing. Oh, maybe there's another well, they, episode. They, they, yeah. Oh, wait, that's that's right, because this this was like a kind of bonus episode because uh, the GM got sick. So not so not the, <laughs> not the not the current one I'm thinking of, but the one after that. 
Okay, I actually haven't heard that one yet. But that's really cool. Which, <laughs> which is neat because has, it, uh, the they had a, a friend. Uh, what's his What's his name? So, something I'm radar. Uh, pod like step in for them, and he has this podcast. It's called Wings, <laughs> <laughs> which is a totally serious podcast discussing uh, uh discussing the hit, hit TV show Wings. Nice. Yeah. Yes, it's totally serious. Yeah. Uh, I actually haven't listened to it yet, and I but I plan to. Nice. So Jason if I it's real good. Yeah. So I guess that's that's my plugs for for the week. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I will say that you can check out my art that I haven't done in like months. So that's great. Mm. <laughs> on DangerChair dot Tumblr dot com and catch me on Twitter at uh, This Is Emeralds and Instagram at This Is Emerald. Okay. How about you, Kendall? Um. Well, as always, my Twitter is at K Hallman, K H A L M A N. Um, I sometimes tweet about. I actually have been tweeting a little bit. I said something about uh, DC Comics today. Posted a, a link to buy the the comic Fifty Two, and they were like, "It was the year without Batman and Wonder Woman and Superman." And there, and it sort of occurred to me in the new Fifty Two continuity that that's kind of odd that the DC universe has only been around for five years and uh, Batman, Wonder Woman and Superman took a year off at some point in there. Um, but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, uh, so that's my Twitter. Um, K Hallman, K H A L M A N is my YouTube for my music videos, uh, mostly ukulele, but I've been doing other stuff also. Uh, and hopefully by the time this uh, podcast posts, I will have recorded and or posted the first episode of the Katarn Collection on the Kendallcast uh, iTunes feed. I tell you to look it up on the Kendallcast iTunes feed because we might change the name before then. Um, and uh, but we're going to be reviewing uh, game by game the uh, LucasArts era of Star Wars video games. Nice. Ooh. Oh yeah, it's going to be good. Um, as always, I shall plug AudioEntropy.com, uh, home of all of of us and of course other podcasts like going pear-shaped and inside the master studio and totally reprised and twa or teenagers with attitude who for anyone who might not be familiar though if you're listening to this and not teenagers with attitude i'd be really surprised um but yeah it's got got a whole bunch of stuff there um we're expanding a little bit because we've got like some we did a stream on saturday uh, where we sort of walked through Kendall a little bit of the first Mass Effect game. Uh, Jules from um, uh, Digimon Digital Moncast, as well as uh, Transmission Radio. Uh, and she's also guested on TWA quite a few times. Uh, she hosted a stream where she is building Gunpla. Is it Gunpla? Is that how yeah, they pronounce it? Um, where she was building some Gunpla. Um, I know Ashley was going to try and get a stream going. I'm not sure how well it went for her. It um, didn't, I don't think it went well. I, I think okay. she's going to make a YouTube series for the, okay. the game she was trying to stream, which is uh, yeah. bound. But don't quote me on that. Okay. And, and speaking <laughs> of, of YouTube, uh, YouTube videos, uh, both she and Luke have started a new one where he is guiding her through the Metal Gear series. Uh, so if you want to, to check out any of that, uh, certainly uh, check out AudioEntropy.com or check out uh, Twitter, the at AudioEntropy uh, Twitter feed. Uh, pretty much all the links to all the episodes are, are tweeted from there. 
as well as the videos and anytime we have any sort of like a little stream going on if you want to join us for like you know if we're playing something ourselves or if a bunch of the audio entropy crew gets together because we did the jackbox stream not this past saturday but the saturday before uh which i thought went really well i I really like that when we all get together like that so (laughs) but yeah there you go um so it's been another week and we we just finished a season so so next week we start on season two uh exciting yeah it's gonna be cool um but yeah there you go another week another episode down so there you go for for warren beast i have been greg i've been emily i've been jordan and i've been kendall (laughs) there you go folks let's roll yeah so i kind of just hover around stage two (laughs) 